Party 97.3. Accra. There can be no other than three. No need to change. Keep it tuned to Civi. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, my neighbor. Good morning to life. Good morning. Music. Talk. Inspiration. In perspective. Express yourself. Good morning, my neighbor. City FM, your station. City FM 97.3 
628. Welcome to Wednesday, October 26, 2022, in the year of our Lord. Good morning, bonjour, buenos dias. This is the City Breakfast Show. Live on your dial 97.3 FM. Broadcasting from Adabrakat to every corner of the world. It doesn't matter where you are. If you are behind the GMT or behind the the Greenwich Meridian. And it's dawn, night in the US. On the other side of the world in Australia. In Asia. You are still tuned in. This is the City Breakfast Show. Many, many thanks. For joining us, my name is Nathan Carr, sitting in for Bernard Avle. We are running till 10 a.m. and it's always fun having you around. And so you are welcome to have breakfast with us. Grab a seat, make yourselves comfortable. Join us on the show 0549-986-996. On Twitter, City973, hashtag CityCBS. Benice Affair starting us off. Cause my cash bay. Do not be afraid. Do not be perturbed. The Lord is with us. We start off with our business sense. Brought to us by ADB. ADB has great news for all workers whose salary goes through. Whose salaries go through their bank. You can get up to 10,000 CDs or 80% of your next monthly salary with the Payday Plus. And there's no interest on repayment within 30 days and your money hits your account the same day. For further inquiry, call Meredith on 0243-273-369 or now on 0244-284197. ADB truly are great and more. Our business sense today comes from a father of the concept of leadership, John Maxwell. Now he says a good leader is a person who takes a little more than his share of the blame and a little less than his share of the credit. A good leader is a person who takes a little more than his share of the blame and a little less than his share of the credit. So leaders in tough times or when things go wrong, they assume responsibility. Yes, you may not have been there, but you take responsibility. The overall blame falls on you and the can will have to be carried by you so if you're a leader that's what you do you take a bit more of the responsibility and a bit less of the credit because it's not about you it's about the team and remember if you are leading you are to project your team make them better so as we start the midweek let's chew on this that's our business sense proudly brought to us by ADB ADB truly agree and more the newspaper review is up next this is still the City Breakfast Show. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag CityCBS. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise.
Breakfast Show. This is another City Breakfast Show. The new super review is upon us. Brought to us by Kel Chaco Toothpaste. Properly put together to give you great fresh breath, stronger teeth, to let you experience a reduction in dental plaque and all round wellness. Produced by Samara Company Limited. Producers of Sasso. It's been approved by the FDA. That's what you need in your bathroom. Kel Chaco Toothpaste. For white teeth and fresh breath all day long. Count a toothpaste, happy smile. These days we all need money. The budget is in budgeting, but Fidelity Bank seems to have cracked the code for you. They have the Fidelity Bank Sikaboom promo. All you have to do is get to your Fidelity Bank, deposit and maintain 300 CDs and multiples of it in your Fidelity account every month during the promo period to qualify. Reactivate your dormant account to participate. And what's at the end of all of this? 100,000 CDs. Uh, that's the prize. Tomorrow is ending uh, February 2023. Fidelity Bank, believe with us. Total Energy is also bringing us the new supply review. If you don't maintain your car engine well, it will age faster. It's a principle you cannot run away from. So feed it a lot of quartz engine oil designed with age resistance technology that will fight mechanical wear by up to 74%, even under the most extreme temperature and pressure. If you choose quartz from Total Energies, you are choosing an engine oil that keeps your engine running efficiently and younger for longer. Let me say good morning to Kokui and Godfred. Godfred, yes. yeah, Charlie. Good morning, Obodai. You're, you're looking, you're looking really Please, please, dapper. please, please, Obodai, Obodai. What's 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 um, <laughs> let, let me just let the people know something. That okay. what? That we all know the system is tough, but yeah, yeah. when you see... Godfrey, I could tell Boafo. Me, if he tie, tie. 
<laughs> you know that, Charlie? <laughs> 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 when when you are broke, you look your best. Today's attire, today's attire is called Aya Hey, Go for it if you die. Yeah, maybe he has maybe he has an engagement. Godfrey, which engagement? I don't think I've Like the last time I saw Godfrey in a tie, I think it was at the Calcio Ball. Yes. Probably. Yes. When he was in a suit. Godfrey doesn't wear suit and tie. Yes, true. It was suit and tie. It's a serious day. It's a very serious day. Yeah. Yeah, it's a serious day. It's a serious day. It is. Yes, it is. It is. Yeah. Nathan, give me the updates because <laughs> somebody who doesn't wear a tie like me has issues. You have issues. Okay. No, so because the big story is only you will have updates. The, all the updates are all like online. These people are late. Okay, no problem. You left. <laughs> yeah, okay, are if, you go to, if you go to citynewsroom.com, uh-huh. the biggest story there is let him seal IMF deal first. A coup father to MPP MPs who yes. want Uforiata sacked. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> so let him finish. Okay. Go further again. He's speaking. Ghana talks with IMF for economic recovery near completion. Mm-hmm. The other one, Speaker of Parliament to decide Ajoasafo's fate today. Mm-hmm. Dr. Edithum, defense new GS boss, insists he's qualified for the job. And Oforiata can't supervise his own mess. He's not fit for purpose. That's mm-hmm. Haruna Idrisu mm-hmm. speaking there. And you talk to continue with strike despite NLC intervention. So, those are some of the stories on citynewsroom.com. Okay. If you go to citybusinessnews.com, um, the Ghana Mine Workers Union calls for increased local participation in sector. So, that is what is happening there. If you go to myjoyonline.com, Mutala Mohammed. Oforiata still in office because of his surname. Interesting. Subing MP says, Oforiata's statements on IMF make him unfit to lead negotiations. Okay. So that is also coming in from uh, myjoyonline.com. A lot of the stories surrounding Ken Oforiata and mm. the very interesting developments in Parliament yesterday when a lot of the MPs said they did not want him to keep his job. If you go international on the BBC's homepage, for example, they have a live ticker that says Sunak begins first full day as PM after naming new team and Democrats uh, retract call for Biden U10 on Ukraine. And man who didn't watch for half a century dies at 94. Eh? After he took a bath. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting. Anyway, let me take you to the front page of the Daily Graphic. Of course, they report the original story as it yes. was that some majority MPs won finance minister out. Nathan has given us the update. We'll get mm-hmm. to that. Uh, their big story then is supports government build resilient economy. Kwame PNM urges citizenry. Banks forex period to check city depreciation. And in the fight against Galamse, 87 wardens deployed to protect water bodies. Right. The Ghanaian Times front page will support government to steer out of economic stress, says AGI. Also, 80 majority MPs and minority caucus demand dismissal of Oferiata and Edubwahin. 87 guards pass out to protect country's river bodies. Let's deepen collaboration to ensure recovery, stability, and 
and Resilience. This is uh, with the UN Day celebration. And court delivers judgment on Jomra MP's citizenship case on November 21st. The front page of the Herald newspaper, internal rebellion collapsing President Kufuado's government as he's caught between family loyalty and NPP survival. Ghana and Ivory Coast get thumbs up for boycotting Brussels meeting on cocoa and corruption fraud allegation hits buffer stock managers. The Daily Guide front page, Oforiata must go. NPP and NDC MPs tell Nana. Speaker rules on Adrasafo today. NAELP hones minor skills for global market. Banks and forex operators pledge to stem the city's fall. And there's an apology printed here to some Chinese nationals who were put in a bad light, apparently, in a publication in the Daily Guide. So they've printed an apology. Front page of the Republic Press has the president under pressure. Uh, says minority also files for Friata impeachment motion. Cut down government size, Ekufuado told. Nana Grada has been arrested against he faces new charges. Aluminium glaziers to lock up shops over continuous price hikes of raw material. And in the Ashanti region, school children are actively participating in Galamse. Wow. The Chronicle front page. Rebellion in Parliament. NPP MPs split over Ofuriata, but party chairman urges calm. Mm. Also, industries and banks pledge to help government solve economic crisis. Forex Bureau joined fight to arrest runaway dollar. And Proverbs 30 verse 17. The eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. Oof. Front page of the Inquisitor newspaper. Their headline on the <laughs> finance minister and MP guys. It's nice. It's a, 80 NPP MPs chase sleeping Ken and his darling homeboy, Edubwai. <laughs> some of these papers and their choice of anyway, words. Animal <laughs> Farm at Education Ministry, Professor Mankwabad, Kwame Boatin Good. And this has to do with people getting contracts and not others not getting contracts. You done? Oh, wait. The New Crusading Guide front page. NPP and government hold crunch meeting mm-hmm. to seal cracks as MPs draw finance ministers' blood. And there are other headlines there as well on the front page of the New Crusading Guide. Well, there's a lot of Ken on a lot of front pages. So let me just move finally to the front page of the BNFT okay. and give you this one from the Ghana Economic Forum. Uh, no better time to build robust, resilient economy than now. Tekpe raises concerns over BOG's financing of deficit. And uh, again, Ken is on the front page of the BNFT. Mm, all right. The final front page. AGI meets the president and pledges to support government to fix economic challenges. NDC MPs join some MPP MPs seeking dismissal of a furiata. Banks and forex bureaus pledge support to stem cities' rapid fall. That's the final front page. And the Today newspaper, finally. Operation Feed Yourself. Again, all hands on deck. This time, let's make it last. That is what is on their front page today. Okay, let's, if we go uh, online, so we've, I've given you the headlines. Right? Yeah, let's so get let's get to the, the details. Yeah. Great. So the president is saying that the new patriotic party members of parliament demanding the removal of Ken Oforiata uh, as finance minister should hold on until Ghana concludes negotiations with the IMF. The president says terminating Mr. Oforiata's appointment will disrupt the program. At a meeting with the aggrieved MPs at the Jubilee House, uh, the president appealed for calm. City News gathered that the MPs were not happy with the appeal and were still insisting on the finance minister's exit. The president has asked Mr. Foriata to be given three more weeks to conclude the IMF negotiations. Some MPP MPs say several efforts to have government address the plights of their constituents with regard to the ailing economy had proved had proven futile. They thus held a press conference yesterday to voice their disquiet 
and demanded the head of Keno Foriata as and the Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Charles Edubuahin. And Andy Kwame Apiakubi, MP for the Asante Akim North constituency and spokesperson for the disgruntled majority MPs group, told the media on Tuesday that sacking Mr. Foriata and Edubuahin, uh, sacking Messrs. Mr. Foriata and Edubuahin would help restore confidence in Ghana's economy. Hmm. Well, they have some support from the minority on page 17 of the Daily Graphic. They've triggered a vote of censure against the finance minister. Uh, the motion was filed by the minority leader, Aruna Idrisu, at the office of the Speaker, Alban Bakpin, yesterday, but it is yet to be admitted by the Speaker. The minority has therefore urged their counterparts in the majority caucus to throw their weight behind the motion when it is laid to garner the 183 members of parliament needed to push for the finance minister's removal. Meanwhile, in the Chronicle, the group said if Parliament had the mandate to dismiss the two, that is Mr. Kenoforeta <coughs> and Charles Edubohin, they would have done so. But unfortunately, Parliament cannot, and that's why they're calling on government to do so. They also presented seven strong points as to why Mr. Foriata should not remain in office. One, the despicable conflict of interest, ensuring that he directly benefits from Ghana's economic woes as his company continues to receive commission and other unethical contractual advantage. Two, unconstitutional withdrawal from the consolidated fund three illegal payment of oil revenues into offshore accounts four deliberate and dishonest misreporting of economic data to parliament five fiscal recklessness leading to the crash of the Ghanaian city which currently is the worst performing currency in the entire globe six the alarming incompetence and the frightening ineptitude resulting in the collapse of the Ghanaian economy an excruciating cost of living crisis that we are seeing and seven gross mismanagement of the Ghanaian economy which has occasioned untold and unprecedented hardship to the people of Ghana. But the party chairman, Stephen Ayesu and Tim, said that all stakeholders should remain calm as they engage government and the parliamentary group to seek an amicable solution. Let me take you to uh, the daily graphic still on page 16 of that paper, uh, staying with the economy. Yesterday, the president had meetings, like I told you, and uh, one of the meetings involved... Uh, Banks and forex bureaus, and they say they are mm-hmm. checking city depreciation. So the leadership of Universal Banks in the country and the Association of Forex Bureau Operators have agreed to work in close collaboration to stem the rapid depreciation of the Ghana city. This comes on the heels of a high-profile meeting between the Bank of Ghana, the leadership of Universal Banks, and the Association of Forex Bureau Operators. The meeting, the first of a series of engagements, brought together stakeholders within the foreign exchange markets to deliberate on how to streamline, sanitize, and provide clarity on the supply of forex in the country. So, uh, Dr. Ernest Addison, who is the governor of the BOG, spoke, he acknowledged that uh, though the global economic meltdown occasioned by uh, Russia-Ukraine had caused uh, supply-demand imbalances in several commodity markets, high inflation, high cost of living, and high uncertainties in financial markets, the BOG was poised to work with the relevant stakeholders. Mm. Well, okay. The center spread of the Ghanaian Times, okay. sorry, AGI is also saying will support government mm. to steer out of economic stress. They've expressed their readiness to support the president to steer the country from the current economic stress. The president of the association, Humphrey Ayim Dake, who led a delegation to meet with the president at Jubilee House yesterday, pledged the group's support for the government. So, Mr. President, we recognize your relentless efforts to steer our economy to the pride of place and the desire to transform our economy to the best of your ability. We pledge our support that together we shall resolve the difficulties. The purpose of the meeting, held behind closed doors after initial opening remarks, was to discuss the economic program the government is discussing with the International Monetary Fund. It also created a platform for government to give AGI members details of the government's program and to seek their support and suggestions. No better time to build a robust, resilient economy than now, considering where we are. This is coming from panelists at the Ghana Economic Forum, uh, the experts including Managing Director of GCB, 
ECB Bank, Kofi Adumaku, and Andiakucho, KPMG partner, believe the current economic challenges facing the country and the world at large have afforded the country an opportune moment to finally uh, change the country's economic structure from one of import dependence to uh, one of production. So some interesting quotes there. Gets the BNFT okay. page three uh, to get those stories. We're talking about solutions. Let me just give you one final uh, bit. The president says that uh, our, uh, negotiations with the IMF are nearing completion and he believes this will have a major impact on the Ghanaian economy. So that's uh, a bit on All that right. front. Mm-hmm. Let me take you to two things. Uh, aluminum glaziers say they will lock up their shops. Uh, that's in the Republic Press, page 13, and school children involved in Galamsey. Let me start with the aluminum glaziers first and what is happening with their business. So, the Professional Glaziers Association of Ghana has said to lock up shops over what they describe as continuous outrage, continuous outrageous price hikes of raw materials. They say prices of raw materials such as glass keep increasing daily. Materials sold at 480 CDs at the beginning of the year are currently sold at 1,000 Ghana CDs affecting business growth. So they have been protesting. Now on page 6 of the same paper, uh, the Republic Press, they are talking about Galamsey and... Uh, okay, Nathan, go on. Okay, okay. all right. Um, let's get to the Education Ministry. Okay. Now since uh, the President has been defending, or he is currently defending the Finance Minister, it looks like Dr. Yasser Duchum is following similar tangent. He says that the new um, appoint the newly appointed acting DG of the GES is um, qualified. He says everybody or rumors or speculation that says the man is unqualified is um, unfounded. Now, Doctor Eric in cancer, he's the gentleman in question, and he's been criticised by some teacher unions because, in their estimation, he doesn't have the requisite experience to lead the GES. Yesterday there was a press conference at the directors uh, at the Education Ministry. Okay, mm-hmm. and the, 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 the education minister said this man was good and was very capable of helping the GS. Okay. So that is. So the have the unions agreed to that? No, but like he's saying, he's they, he says they have to accept him. Ah, okay. Well, let's talk about two of our parliamentarians. Now, already in parliaments, there's a dearth of women, okay? Mm-hmm. Out of the 275 parliamentarians, I believe only 40 are women. And guess what? Two of them have their parliamentary fate hanging in the balance. So let's talk about uh, Sarah Adwa Safo first. The Speaker will rule on her today. He'll give a ruling on the matter of the Dom Kwabanya Member of Parliament, whose seat is expected to be declared vacant. Mr. Bagbin, who's the Speaker of Parliament, on July 28, 2022, deferred for further study a decision on Adwa Safo's fate regarding regarding her absence from the sittings of the House for more than 15 days without written approval from him, as well as two other MPs who were hauled before the Privileges Committee. The committee, already by a majority decision, has recommended for the NPP MP seat to be declared vacant, uh, intimating that the Don Kwamnya seat is automatically vacant by operation of law, having failed to appear before it to explain why she was absent. Now, going to Jomoro, the High Court on Monday disclosed that judgment on the case involving the citizenship of Member of Parliament for Jomoro in the western region, Dorcas Afutofi, will be delivered on November the 21st. The court will also determine the eligibility of Ms. Afutofi to contest the December 2020 parliamentary election in Jomoro constituency. The court, presided over by Justice Dr. Richmond Osehre, made the declaration after counsel for the petitioner, Bright Ejikum, cross-examined an Ivorian lawyer. Now, the lawyer testified for the MP on the Ivorian Nationality Code. 
The court ordered the lawyers for the petitioner and the respondent to file their written addresses on November the 7th prior to the final ruling by the court. So let's wait to see what happens to these two women. Hey, uh, if you go to the Herald newspaper on page 5, the deputy ranking member on the Education Committee on Parliament has said that challenges with food supplies to senior high schools are a result of corruption and fraud that have plagued the National Buffer Food Stock Company. Mm -hmm. According to Dr. Clementa Park, the running of the National Buffer Food Stock Company led by Mr. Hanan Abdul-Wahab has become inefficient, thereby questioning its usefulness. Speaking at a press conference, Dr. Clement Park cited instances of under-invoicing, the distribution of expired and uncertified food items as some of the fraudulent activities being carried out by the company. Okay, um, two quick ones. One from the VRA, and they are giving out a public service announcement, saying that there's a possible spillage on the cards of the Akosombo and Bone Dams mm-hmm. in the coming days. In a statement released by the company, it said there's a, uh, there was a consistent high rise in the dams which would require a spillage to maintain their integrity. And it says, quote, uh, we have observed a consistent high rise in the Akosombo Reservoir elevation over the past few weeks. If the current situation persists, it may result in the possible controlled spilling from the Akosombo and Bone Dams from November 1 to maintain the dam's integrity. And then the final one, if you go to the BBC, um, a hermit dubbed by the media as the world's dirtiest man, okay, has died at the age of 94, just months after having his first wash in decades. Uh, Amu Haji had refused to use soap and water for more than half a century, Uh fearing it would make him sick. The Iranian who lived in the southern province of Fars had avoided previous attempts by villagers to get him clean. But local media say Amu Haji finally succumbed to pressure and washed a few months ago. And according to Iran's IRNA news agency, he became ill shortly afterwards and died on mm. Sunday. Sad. Yeah, oh, really many sad people. So the water and soap actually... They are saying caused his demise. He knew something. He knew something we did. Let me give you two quick stories one from the UK and then one from Ghana to wrap up. Uh, Difficult decisions ahead. Mm. New British PM hints. That's Rishi Sunak. Uh, he's warned of difficult decisions ahead as his government grapples with a profound economic crisis in his first speech as prime minister. He said he had been elected as Tory leader to fix the mistakes made by his predecessor, Liz trust so uh, he's right. spoken about tax cuts he's spoken about energy bills and uh finally on page 24 hey oh boy he's doing things so he's going to construct uh, an admin block for the field engineers basic school in tishi uh and it's named after his mother mary ache ajiti and uh, they also have a library that he's named after the first lady rebecca kufuado and another one named after a former address of the school and he says mm. it's part of what he's calling the hope project uh, immediate past MP4 Lejo Kuku Current and it I was 2024 is coming Coming man It is good, it's good, it's good, it's good. <laughs> Thank you Kokri, thank you Godfrey That was the newspaper review The City Business News is coming up On the hour, stay tuned This is the City Breakfast Show The City's Biggest Conversation Business news is coming up next. Brought to us by MTN Access Bank. Access Bank more than banking. Goyle, Goyle, good energy. Goyle, yeah, yeah, dim. And Enterprise Life Enterprise is your advantage. Natalie Nettie is here. She's got the latest from the world of business. 
Hello and welcome to the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN Goyal Enterprise Life, your advantage. Access Bank, more than banking and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Netilinetti. Coming up, first tranche expected to hit the Bank of Ghana account today. That is the the $1 cocoa syndicated loan is expected to hit the Bank of Ghana account today. And... Changing the Minister of Finance is not the only solution to the country's economic woes. This is according to economist Professor Gottfried Bokbin. Let's settle for the details now. The first tranche of the one point. One three billion dollar cocoa syndicated loan is expected to hit the account of the Bank of Ghana today. Sources close to City Business News indicate that the $790 million loan is expected to come in from the consortium of banks. The $790 million forex is expected to hit the Bank of Ghana account and is also expected to bolster the city and shore up its value against the U.S. dollar. The funds, which will be used to finance purchases of cocoa beans, will also boost the country's balance of payment. Finance Minister Ken Ufuriata yesterday confirmed the inflows of the cocoa syndicated loan at a stakeholder meeting with business associations and with President Akufuado. The second tranche of the $340 million loan, which will be spread over three months will come in between November 2022 and February 2023. Moving on, there have been recent calls for the removal of the finance minister, Keno Furiata, from office, and the Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry believes his sacking has been long overdue. Some members of the majority caucus in parliament yesterday joined in the demand calling for his head and that of Minister of State, Charles Edubwahi. In light of the country's current economic predicament, which has compelled government to seek support from the International Monetary Fund, some Ghanaians, including opposition parties, have since mounted pressure on President Akufado to remove Mr. Furiata from office. Chief Executive Officer of the Ghana Chamber of Construction, Emmanuel Cherry, believes the top job must be handed to the more competent person. The construction industry entirely, you know, is heavily, is heavily bleeding because government has its own contracted so much, huge amount of money. Now, you at the Sehodi College, at the central point of view, all the taxes that we collect, growth fund tax, gas fund tax, all the, this year, electronic tax, all this particular tax, all end up to you at your Sehodi College, your office. So therefore, we are expecting that at least Try to be transparent with us for once, so that if you call on us, we may engage, so that we see, okay, what is happening. If you realize that the, uh, the inflows are not as expected, as industry players, as businessmen, we have the business mindset, luminaries among us, to put uh, the recommendations on the table. We want to build a country. But when the the way is behaving, everybody is now calling back, including his own people. So the time is now. The president must rise for one, to be honest with us. The president must rise for one and do the justice and do the honorable, not him alone. Others also must follow because enough is enough. There are so good brains, so many good brains in MVP. Why should they be all of these people? Emmanuel Cherry is the chief executive officer of the Ghana Chamber of Construction Industry. Meanwhile, economist Professor Godfrey Bokping has stated that changing the Minister of Finance is not the only solution to the country's economic woes. He spoke to City Business News on the sidelines of the ongoing Ghana Economic Forum. 
That's not the only change we want. Beyond that, it will not amount to so much just changing uh, uh, the finance minister. He must go a step further and reduce the number of ministers and the government size overall, including the staff at the presidency. And beyond that, we must stretch that across state-owned enterprises, right? If you look at their staff strength, that has gone up since 2017. We are creating deputy CEOs and all of that. Look, this is the best time for Ghana to look at Ghana and say what is tolerable, what cannot be allowed. We must adopt a lean government across the general government approach, not just the central government, but general government uh, approach to doing business must, must adopt least cost approach. That is the only way we can come up with this. That was economist Professor Godfred Bokping. An economist, Dr. Patrick Assuming, has stated that although the city has slowed down its depreciation against major trading currencies, there is still more government needs to do to stabilize it. The rate of depreciation of the local currency to the U.S. dollar slowed down on Tuesday following weeks of free fall. The local currency strengthened by 1.97% to the dollar at some leading forex bureaus within the capital. It traded at 1520 Cities to the U.S. dollar on the forex market on October 24, 2022. Speaking to City Business News on the developments, Dr. Patrick Assuming said governments needs to do more to revive the city. One day of apparent stability is just not enough for us to say that we turn the corner. We need to have several days, weeks, when we see that actually the, the trend of the past is reversing. Then we can see that indeed we are on such a path. But I think that at the moment, you, know, you can't get someone for thinking that the city will go to 20 at the end, to, uh, by the end of the year. But, you know, we have to wait and see for the fact for things to evolve before we can actually see, you know, exactly what is driving the city. It's unclear what exactly is happening. So it, it's just too early. It's just too early to conclude that the city is changing course or anything substantial is happening. So let's... let's Let's not get too excited yet. Dr. Patrick Usuming is an economist. On the interbank foreign exchange market, where banks trade amongst themselves, the dollar gained six pesos and is selling at 13 cities. The British pound gained five pesos and is selling at 14 cities, seven pesos, and the euro gained 47 pesos and is selling at 12 cities, 86 pesos. However, at some forex bureaus within the capital, the dollar is selling at 14 cities, 50 pesos, and the British pound is selling at 16 cities, 20 pesos, while the euro is selling at 13 cities, 90 pesos. The Ghana Real Estate Developers Association, GREDA, is urging credit facilities financing mortgages to implore innovative ways with clients to avoid instances of default in payments. This comes on the back of current financial hardships confronting the country. The Executive Secretary of the Association, Samuel Amekaibo, explains that a workable arrangement by the credit facilities will lure to the benefits of both parties. Well, uh, we are stakeholders. We have the banks that are offering the mortgages ourselves, then the various uh, clients who are buying, and um, it calls for discussion. So you have to find a way, especially on the part of the banks. If the banks don't sit with their clients under the circumstance and all of them look into the issues and see where best everybody can be cushioned, there will be a high rate of default, and it is not their fault. So I think it is in the interest of the bank to also look at the issues and see how best they can cushion their clients to be able to uh, continue 
with their payments. And one of the things that I will highly recommend is for them to restructuring their current balance of the mortgage. That is, if you have taken a mortgage for, say, 15 years and you have paid 10 five years or whatever. The balance that is outstanding because you are supposed to pay a specific amount and inflation has caught up with you. If you have to, you are left with five years, go and negotiate and let them take it to ten years. So that your monthly contribution that has to be sent to the bank will come down. That was Executive Secretary of the Ghana Real Estate Developers Association, Sami Amegaibo. The, Ga- the, the Greater Accra Poultry Farmers Association is calling on government to take immediate and drastic measures to revive the once vibrant industry. The call comes on the back of reports by the Importers and Exporters Association that government has scrapped a 30% benchmark value reduction po- policy. Players in the country's poultry industry have on numerous occasions lamented the unfair competition they face from imported products, which are most of the time cheaper than local ones. In an interview, City Business News board member of the Greater Accra Poultry Farmers Association, Kwame Intimdudu, said government must pay attention to the industry to help it expand. But if the government were to meet or sit with the poultry farmers and then uh, work this milestone go together, then uh, it should be maybe one, two-year period that, hey, poultry farmers in Ghana, we want to reduce the potential of grain chicken by 20%. So prepare and position yourself to, uh, to, to meet that 50,000 tons of chicken we're going to stop from bringing into the Ghana. So farmers will take that up. So before that imposition of the benchmark or whatever the tax uh, reach, the farm market can have access to that short for that project, project policy was going to. Kwame Intimdodu is a board member of the Greater Accra Poultry Farmers Association. Let's now join Gillian Hammer of Data Bank for more on the topic, six warning signs to look out for before you invest. Do you know the warning signs to look out for before you invest? There are six of them that would like to share. Number one is extreme pressure to invest, where you are being forced to invest very quickly. Another warning sign number two is an overly complicated investment where it's difficult to understand the investment process or they've made it look very complex. Number three is a promise of a limited special offer where you're told that you're part of just a privileged few that will enjoy this exclusive offer. Number four is high returns with little or no risk or being offered a mutual fund with guaranteed returns, which we know is not allowed by law. Number five is the insider information or a hot tip where you're told that the investment will boom soon because someone on the inside knows the secret. And the last, number six, is you're dealing with an investment company or an advisor who has not been licensed by the Securities and Exchange Commission of Ghana, otherwise known as the SEC. Before you invest, make sure you understand the investment. Being informed is the key to investing wisely. That was Gillian Hammer of Data Bank. And that does it for the breakfast edition of City Business News, proudly brought to you by MTN, Goyle and Enterprise Live, your advantage, Access Bank, more than banking, and powered by your most comprehensive business news website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettilinete. Have a good business day. Join the conversation on the City Breakfast Show on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag CityCBS.
This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. Coming up next is kickoff. But before that, MTN is saying that dial star 506 hash and get extra credit. Assuming you run out of airtime while having that important conversation. Your conversations don't need to end. Borrow extra time and enjoy the things you love on your favorite network. Access Bank brought us the City Business News. They've got the Access Bank payday loan that gives you up to 40% of your net monthly salary before payday. To solve those pressing matters, just dial star 901 star 11 hash now and you're through. Access Bank more than banking. Enterprise is your advantage. And the City Business is also brought to us by Goyal. Goyal, good energy, Goyal. Yeah, you deal. Up next is kickoff. Benjamin Nketiah is ready and kickoff is brought to us by Lecheho. Updating your records with Lecheho is a wise thing to do because you can be served faster and better and your records get updated and you include your Ghana card details, which is now the only accepted ID for all financial transactions. Get in touch with Lecheho on 0302-208-333 or on WhatsApp on 0574-065-958. Lecheho, let's improve lives. It's time for kickoff. Benjamin Nketiah here with kickoff. Let's get into the headlines. And GFA President Keto Kriku elated with the imminent resumption of the Ghana Premier League following the dismissal of the injunction filed by Ashanti Gold Football Club. Barcelona hosts Bayern Munich on day two of the UEFA Champions League. And in the NBA, there were wins for the Suns, the Pelicans and the Wizards. Let's get into the details now. And president of the Ghana Football Association, Keto Kriku, has expressed excitement at the resumption of the Bet Power Premier League after a high court dismissed the interlocutory injunction filed by Ashanti Gold Sporting Club. The presiding judge, Barbara Tete Chawe, in her ruling, indicated that on the balance of hardship, the GFA will suffer more than Ash Gold should the league remain on hold. The Ghana Football Association were awarded a cost of 20,000 Ghana CDs. The court has made a judgment and the Football Association will respect the wise ruling from the court. Football is back and uh, I want to thank I want to thank everybody who has believed that Ghana football can be uh, resurrected. I want to thank everybody that has believed that Ghana football is in the right way and I want to thank generally everybody in the football ecosystem, everybody all members of the Football Association who gave us the responsibility to contribute our culture towards the development of Ghana football. Indeed, on God. GFA President Keto Kriku speaking there. Now, lawyer for Ashanti Gold Sporting Club, Edward Sam Crab, has been speaking on their next line of action. For us as lawyers, as indicated, we are legal advisors. We advise based on the rules of procedure and then the law. We are not the bosses of the case or we are not the owners of the case. So we will have to take our instructions from the owners of the case as to what next to do upon the legal advice that the team will give to them. So it will be premature for me to tell you what next at this moment because the power to do so does not lie in my mouth. 
it lies in the mouth of the owner of the what of the case. This, I mean, in this moment or at this moment, Ash Gold uh, Football Club, they would have to, you know, um, uh, take a decision as to what to do. So once they take a decision, we believe strongly that eventually the public will get to know whether they have or whatever they have decided to do. We would only legally advise, you know, in terms of the law and procedure, and then what we are instructed to do in terms of law and procedure will be done or will not be done as the circumstances of the case uh, will show. So you had lawyer for Ashanti Gold Sporting Club, Edward Sam Crab speaking there. Meanwhile, the High Court will today sit on the contempt case brought against the GFA by Ashanti Gold Sporting Club. Let's move on to some other news and by Leverkusen winger, Callum Hudson Odoi has remained tight-lipped regarding his international future amid reports of a potential switch of nationality to Ghana ahead of the World Cup in Qatar. The 21-year-old who is on loan from Chelsea has featured just three times for England and hasn't played since his last appearance appearance in 2019 and is set to be keen on a nationality switch. However, in an interview with the BBC, Hassan Odo refused to make a comment on the next step in his international career. The Ghana and England situation has always been in my mind since obviously a while ago. So I think right now it was more of the focus of coming here and playing my football. Nothing I would say on the camera, like I I would love to tell you, but I couldn't say. I think at the moment it's just more me being here and being in the club and just working the best I can to do what I can here. And as I said, you never know what happens in the future. So you heard by Leverkusen winger Callum Hatton Odo is speaking there. Let's get into our World Cup fact series today in Qatar. City FM's Evans Ofochumanso looks at how the top countries in the latest FIFA rankings are grouped at the tournament. Welcome to today in Qatar at the FIFA World Cup this year. Only Group D has two nations ranked in the top 10 of the latest FIFA ranking. Defending champion France ranks 4th, whilst Denmark ranks 10th. African representatives Tunisia ranked 30th and Australia, who are ranked 38th, make up the rest of Group D's competing countries. The rest of the top 10 countries are spread in the other groups. The highest ranked country Brazil is in Group G, second ranked Belgium is in Group F, whilst third ranked Argentina is in Group C, fifth ranked England is in Group B, seventh place Spain is in Group E, and the Netherlands ranked 8th are in Group A. World of Manai, Portugal is in Group H with the Black Stars of Ghana. Italy is the only country ranked in the top 10 that didn't qualify for the World Cup. Italy is ranked number 6 in the world. You had Evans of Fortumanso of City Sports coming through with today in Qatar. Let's now turn our attention to Europe because the Champions League returns tonight. Let's start off from the camp of Chelsea Football Club as we recap yesterday's action. Yesterday, Chelsea, they won away from home by two goals to one against RB Salzburg. Let's listen to uh, Chelsea boss Graham Potter speaking after their victory. Yeah, delighted. Uh, fantastic performance, I thought, from the players. Showed real courage here because, uh, you know, the atmosphere, the, the way they're so intense, they're putting in a lot of pressure, but we thought we controlled it quite well and attacked well, created some chances. A bit disappointing to only be 1-0 at half-time. One mistake or one action from them, which can happen at this level, uh, but then we responded really well. And um, great goal from Kai, and I think overall we deserve to go through. Chelsea boss Graham Potter speaking there. At the Ramon sanchez Pejuan, it was Sevilla Football Club. They beat FC Copenhagen by three goals to nil. And then Benfica 
Again, shocked Juventus beating them by four goals to three in a seven-goal thriller. Celtic Football Club held Shakhtar Donetsk a 1-1 draw. RB Leipzig also came through with one of the shock results in the round, beating Real Madrid by three goals to two. PSG beat Maccabi Haifa by seven goals to two. And then there was Dinamo Zagreb taking on AC Milan. AC Milan winning away from home by four goals to nil. Borussia Dortmund and Manchester City played out a goalless draw. Let's get to um, some uh, reaction from that Dortmund versus Manchester City game. And then we'll come back in studio. We, we we play much better second half and the first half we we lost some balls that we consider contracts from them that they are so fast we we suffer I think that the fact that uh, our game on Saturday was so demanding physicality and the trip and everything and we early retired but uh, yeah we achieved what we wanted top of the group again one more year so we'll qualify we'll win the last 16 next time so yeah really good so you heard Manchester City boss Pep Guardiola speaking there. Now today, club Bruce will be up against FC Porto. There's Inter versus Victoria Pilsen. Ajax take on Liverpool Football Club. There's Ghanaian interest there as Mohamed Kudus could feature. There's also Atletico Madrid taking on Bayer Leverkusen. Barcelona will be up against Bayern Munich. F- uh, Eintracht Frankfurt take on Olympic Marseille. Napoli take on Rangers. And then there's Tottenham Hotspur also doing battle against Sporting Football Club. So that's what's going on uh, as far as the... Uh, games today are concerned. Let's wrap it up with some basketball and some results from last night's round of NBA uh, action. Now, the Dallas Mavericks, they lost to the Pelicans 111 to 113. So, uh, one possession win for the Pelicans there. And then also the Washington Wizards continue to be impressive this season, beating the Pistons 120 to 99. The Clippers suffered a shock defeat to the OKC Thunder 108-94 is how that game ended. And then the Phoenix Suns ran route against the Golden State Warriors. 134 to 105 is how that particular game ended. If you look at the box score in that particular game, Devin Booker leading the way for his team. 34 points, 2 rebounds, 7 assists and 3 steals to lead the Suns over the Warriors. That's all for this morning's edition of Kickoff. My name is Benjamin Inketia. Kickoff was brought to us by Lesheho. There's more sport at citysportsonline.com. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation.
735. This is the City Breakfast Show on City 97.3 FM. Send us your messages on 0549-986-996. On Twitter, City973, hashtag CityCBS. Happy birthday messages. This one says, uh, birthday wishes to... To Esiama Dansoa. What's the same? Is it Selesau? Is it Portuguese? I don't get what this one is. Selesau. Yeah, it looks like Selesau. I, I don't know what yeah, that is. Selesau. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Brazil. That's, yeah, why is somebody's so, name Selesau? That's what I was wondering too. Yesterday I was with a friend of mine and he told me his son's name. Mm-hmm. His son's <laughs> name is his and this is a human person called Lipu. So if she tell you the club his name is Lipu. The son's name is Lipu. No, his name is Lipu. His son's name is California Anfield. No. Stanley. No, it isn't. Cheche. No. I am telling you. No. California Anfield. It's very no. possible. You see, I keep telling people that name you so now when they ask the boy, Oh, so what Anfield, what's the His dad supports Liverpool. Yeah, it's a logical story to it. Yeah, I, I get that. But give give me the name of uh, a park here in Ghana. A, f- a football park. In Dafa. <laughs> Thank you. Elwak. Or Elwak? Mm-hmm. Give me something nice in from Bono region, Godfred. Bonorigi, like a Coronation park. park or Golden City Golden Park. Do you want to name your even, even those parks? Cry, they're using for even some of the teams. Cry, they're using uh, uh, foreign this thing, so <laughs> it's, it's that it doesn't help. But the point, me, I Charlie, can you any names debut for you know, Celestial? Wow, you said the guy's name is what California Anfield, what Stanley Cheche, California Anfield, Anfield, yes. Stanley. So, like we said, uh, uh, birthday wishes to uh, this one says to my daughter Esiama Dansoa Selesau. God bless you and continue to give you reasons to be outstanding and celebrated from your father Nana Esiama, aka Don Sly in Somalia. Happy birthday to Mr. Emmanuel Osentri of Amenfiman Rural Bank. It's coming from your wife Sarah. Happy 25th wedding anniversary to Dr. and Mrs. Romeo Japon of the 37 Military Hospital from all couples of Save Marriage Foundation and Marriage Connect. And this one... The belated 40th birthday to Isaac Okweni, a.k.a. Tojo. Tojo is a huge Manchester United fan. So told you happy belated happy birthday to you. Welcome to the fourth floor, they say. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to my dear son. His name is Ishmael Irefemi Jidula Ode Deyi of Ages International. Yeah. He's uh, Ishmael Irefemi. I don't know what uh, is it Irefemi or Irefemi, I don't know. Jidula. Odedeyi of Ages International School. Okay, mm. I, I hope I got the name right. Though. Mm. I got the name right though. Okay, this one says birthday wish to my personal person, Gertrude Ava of Anglico Dashanti Goldhouse from Ni Atram. Mm. 
Now, some people enjoy coaching their football teams from the comfort of their couch. All of us do. Some people love to visit the sweet-smelling perfume shops in France from their phones. Others appreciate comedy shows that make happy tears roll down their cheeks. Selfline knows this, and so they are making our happy places easy to find with their fast data. Now, you also get to qualify for free voucher to Surfline partners like X-Men, Cheesy Pizza, Doman Foods, and Body Basics. Now, this is nice. So top up or get a Surfline device today and enjoy all these wonderful goodies given by Surfline. Surfline, better together. Over the last 20 years, Sashesi University has been educating ethical and entrepreneurial leaders through high-impact experiential education. The university is now recognized as one of Africa's best with a bold vision to raise the bar for higher education on the continent. Now, Sashesi's graduates are considered among the world's best, and they receive job offers or start businesses or go to grad school within six months of graduation. You can visit ashesi.edu.gh to learn more. Yes, the Ghana Pay app is here, Alande. Now, the all-new Ghana Pay mobile money service app helps you to do all kinds of things, buy uh, data and airtime, transfer money to and from your bank accounts, pay bills, send and receive money at zero transaction fees. You can download the app from the App Store or the Play Store or register by dialing star 707 hash and visiting any branch of your selected bank to activate your wallet. Ghana Pay transaction, be it free. You only pay e-levy. Ghana pay your money your way and it's a collaboration between GIPS and the Ghana Association of Banks. And a nourished new season is here. Malta Guinness invites you to watch and support the goodness in women's football with the Malta Guinness Women's Premier League. Follow every pass, tackle and goal as our ladies add some style to fuel your passion for football. Follow the Malta Guinness Women's Premier League on our social channels and hashtag Malta Guinness WPL and watch the matches live on Max TV Weekly. And Rich Oko, your favorite cocoa beverage made from the finest Ghanaian cocoa, is back with the National Essay Competition. A total of 100,000 Ghana CDs in cash prizes is up for grabs to all junior high and upper primary pupils. To participate, write an essay describing five things you'd like to see to help improve access to basic education in Ghana. Essays must be handwritten and no less than 750 words for junior high pupils and 600 words for upper primary pupils. Submit your essay along with empty packs of either Rich Oko 1 kilogram or 500 grams or five packs of Richoco 20 grams and complete the contact information and send to selected vantage points across the country. Deadline for submission is 19th November. Visit the Cadbury Richoco Facebook and Instagram pages for more details. And if you know better, you do better. But sometimes we just simply forget. That's why Life Boy's H for Hand Washing campaign is a commitment to better hygiene practices every day, every time, and everywhere. Let's all be advocates of change to help combat disease-causing germs and bacteria in our homes, schools, and communities. Regular hand washing with Life Boy can make a difference. You can make a difference. Save a life. Choose Life Boy. Seven forty-two. It's still the City Breakfast Show. But yesterday was a very, very, very interesting day. Yesterday, the the new cycle was heavy, was intense, and it all started with some members of Parliament. And mm-hmm. I'll say this: I'll say this. It it caught me completely off guard. Ne- everybody completely. Off guard. Never in my life did I imagine that 
would see this happening. <laughs> Look, if, if, if MPs from the opposite side do it, you say it's part of the MO. Mm-hmm. They are supposed to, right? But MPs on the government side or from the government party actually came out, you know, chest out, bold, had a press conference and said, we don't want the finance minister anymore. And you want them, they wanted the president to get rid of him. So that was the first bit. The first is, it was actually at the heart of everything that was said yesterday. Several mm-hmm. people reacted in different ways. And so, after the press conference, they went to meet the president. I mean, I thought it would only end there. Or you, we let, are let, the let, let me do this rather. Mm-hmm. Let's start from the press conference. The press conference. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And what was said what there. What was said. All right. And then maybe get then I'll to tell you what the president, the president said. said yes. yes. So, you had um, some majority MPs, about 20 in parliament yesterday. Okay. Later on, we were told the number was about 80. But they decided to speak. And the person who spoke for them was a member of parliament for Santia Chim North, and Apia Kubi. Hmm. You know, so that is where the thing started that's from. Where, that, that's and where then later, the someone's skill. <laughs> you know? Okay. So let's hear from MP for Santia Chim North constituency, mm. Andy Kwame Apia Kubi. And he introduced himself as a spokesperson for the disgruntled MPP MPs. And he said they decided to voice their position because several concerns sent to government had failed to yield any positive results. We are members of the major majority caucus of the Parliament of Ghana. And we, here so present, present a greater number of the said caucus. My name is Andy Apiakubi. And I am only here as spokesperson for the majority group. Without more, we have had occasions to defend allegations of conflicts of interest, lack of confidence, trust against the leadership of our finance ministry. The recent developments within our economy are of great concern to the greater majority of members of our caucus, and our constituents. We have made our grave concern to the president through the parliamentary leadership and the leadership of the party without any positive response. We are by this medium communicating our strong desire that the president change the minister of finance and the minister of state in the finance ministry without further delay in order to restore hope into the financial sector and reverse the downward trend in the growth of the economy. The summary of our concerns leads to a plea that the Minister of Finance, Honorable Kenneth Ufuriata, and the Minister of State of uh, the Ministry of Finance, Honorable Charles Edubuahin, be removed from office. We pray that this prayer will be carried to the presidency. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, we want to serve notice, and notice is hereby said, that until uh, such persons as aforementioned are made to resign or removed from office, we, members of the majority caucus here in Parliament, will not participate in any business of government by or for a president by any other minister. We hope that those of us on the back bench and members of the majority caucus 
will abide by this prayer. We are saying that if our request is not responded to positively, we will not be present for the budget hearing, neither will we participate in the debate. So that was MP for Santia Chim North constituency and the Kwame Apiakubi there. So that was the start of all of these, the sequence. So this was the first domino in the sequence. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the Apiakubi and some MP saying they didn't want the finance minister anymore. Right. And it was in, it was informative in the, in the sense that he said they had previously communicated mm-hmm. through their leadership that they did not like the, they did not find the finance minister's position tenable, mm. but they had not heard anything positive. And thus, the presser was the follow-up to mm-hmm. their official... Public follow-up. Yeah, public follow-up to, to, their, their, private to their private discussion they'd had with leadership in parliament, their leadership in parliament uh, and the government. Okay. Mm. Okay. Now, a member of the group, Eugene Boachi Entry, who's MP for Subing he was on Eyewitness News yesterday and he said the 80 majority MPs opposed to the finance minister were simply making an appeal to the president. And he said the stance of the caucus members was to show that there was an objective assessment uh, of the performance of the finance ministry and added that the minority should not count on their support. I knew the politics would jump in somewhere. But at least they insist that they still don't want the finance minister. And this is based on an objective assessment of the performance of the finance ministry. We have majority of the MPP members of parliament supporting the call. That's what is important. People, for some reason, want to remain anonymous. And you have to respect that. But I can assure you, we are not, uh, I don't think we are going to support the NDC to remove our minister. We have just made a separate call to the president of Ghana that as members of parliament, we want him to politely and humbly ask the two ministers to step aside. So, so we are on a different tangent, not the same of the NDC. Okay. They are going to a special motion. That is, that is, that, that's what they are going by. We have made an appeal because remember, I don't know if you remember, I think a month or two ago, the president was Toward the northern region, or one of the northern regions, where he said that those making the clarion call for the removal of Kenofriata were NDC members. Are you, are you, do you remember that? Message? Yes, I do. Mm. And we said, we've, made it, we've demonstrated to the whole country today that it's not NDC members seeking the removal of Kenofriata. It's rather his own members of parliament who are not happy with the performance of Kenofriata and the pronouncement, you see, the COVID, post-COVID, and uh, the Russian-Ukraine war are all there. That is fine. Ken Ufriata, as the Minister of Finance, made categorical pronouncements that we are a great nation. We have the resources. We have the capacity. We don't go to IMF today. Do you remember all that? I do, and you did a U-turn. Yeah. So, but in the... Let me learn. Okay, me go ahead. So based on that alone, we think there's a credibility deficit on the part of the finance minister and as such he ought to resign from his position because the IMF people won't, won't take him seriously and the better the president replaces him and bring a fresh age, the better. That's all we're asking the president to do. Okay. Together with his, uh, uh, the minister of state, Honorable uh, Charles uh, Dubois. Okay. We are not asking for this. So the NDC is going for a special motion. They shouldn't come from the family. We okay. have made a, a categorical demand to the president. 
Okay. To remove these two people. Honorable, or are going to step aside. Your voice is as loud as your numbers, and that's why I started off my questions with the number of people that you have on your side. Now, if you say that majority of NPP MPs support this call, but there are some who are pretend or deciding to be anonymous, can you at least give us a number that has decided not to uh, be anonymous so that we have a number we are working with? We, we, we have 60 signatures. 5 zero or 6 zero? 6 zero, 6 Signatures, zero. okay. And yes, and then we have 20 anonymous, anonymous members. We have uh, some uh, also ministers, right? Oh, so you have ministers amongst the list of... That's why I said I don't want to go into it. You see, when I say something, they don't ask me a question. For anonymity purposes, let's do the number I've given you. The president only needs... The president only needs five people to abstain. And his government has collapsed. Because the NDC will have number us. So whether you are 15, now you saw the press conference, we are 20, whether we are 10, it's beyond the discussion. The president must listen to the concerns of his members of parliament. We represent the people. And the people have made a categorical demand. Everywhere the president has been. Has the president been questioning about any of his ministers? About the finance minister? Mm. So if every, can anybody be wrong in the country? Can the president be right? This... So we are saying, mm. we are saying that the president ought to do what is right by the party, what is right by his government. That's the, what we're asking these 60 MPs who appended their signature, are you willing to make that document public so each constituent will know whether or not their MPP MP is demanding the removal of the finance minister? Yes, the, the list is there. What I told your, your colleague this morning, I don't know why they are still rushing. You know, the, the conference started early. Today is our first day back. Some of them are on their way. Throughout the day, they've been signing. Right? So if I ask them to bear with us, well, we need a full complement of signatures, and we'll hand it over to you. Nobody is scared I'm handing over the signatures to you. Because our constituents have stressed us. So I'm not doing something because of my own personal interest. Okay. I'm doing something because my, my constituents have sent me to don't see my name on that list. We really look forward to seeing that list when you, when you finish compiling it. Now, the next question would be that... Let's pray that tomorrow they all show up so they can sign and we can make that available to the, to the dean of the press corps. Fantastic. We look forward to that. Now, if um, if um, some of them are ministers, obviously they will not put their name in there for 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 the obvious reason. Okay, you have been a deputy minister in the last Akufado administration. What would you say to a critic who says, "Don't mind the Subin MP. Eugene is simply angry that Akufado did not appoint him this time, so no. he's uh, trying see, to spoil when, his when, government. When what would you say to that? When anybody, when anybody says that, it's unfortunate that the person lacks what, what we call intelligence. I did not go and beg Akufado for the position of the deputy minister. When Akufado did not appoint, I had no go to him begging for position. I've never gone to Akufado for any position. My record as a deputy minister is for all to see at the finance, at the works and housing ministry. You can go and see competence, you can go and see honesty. You can go and see what it is. The president appoints. If he's not happy with you, he will appoint you. That is a matter for the president. Right? We don't write exams with ministers. Somebody sits somewhere and decides who, who wants who he wants to be part of the government. And that's what the president has done. I have followed the president for two decades. He was, he was when I met him, he was a foreign minister. I, him, I, I was his police agent at Ligon in 2007. You understand? I'm more interested in his legacy 
Now what people are talking about? Why, why should I be worried? Because uh, why do I someone uh, all the more competent than me? What? Are they exposed? Are they more exposed than me or what? Don't let you, don't, don't let us bring in this debate. The president has the power to appoint, and he disappoints. That is his business. Okay. I'm talking about my party. I'm talking about the future direction of this government. That we want to continue to win successive elections. You are going to do so, then, then what we ought to do is let the president sit up and take a bold decision in the interest of the party. Like I said earlier elsewhere, we are running a democracy, not a family dynasty. It's as simple as that. Okay, finally. Whoever says that because mm. I was reappointed and all that, it's, it's not, it's, it's, excuse me, it's nonsense on still. Because at the end of the day, can the president appoint everybody as a minister? He cannot. Okay. He decides who stays in his government. He decides who stays out. Right? If I had been accused, if the president had called me up to date, the president had not even called me to explain to me why he left me out of his government. So who can say that uh, I, I should worry myself, I should worry my head about it? Right? If you, somebody works for you as a deputy minister, you don't want to re engage him. You do call him to tell the person or you don't. Yeah, so nobody should be the God. It's not competence. It's not honesty. It's not, it's not, it's not corruption. What is it? Please, when people start bringing these things into the discussion, it doesn't help anybody. We are to, the president has made his appointment two years ago. Who is, who is interested in appointment? I, I'm sitting here today. I'm not interested in becoming an appointment of the Kufuado. I'm not interested. I'm talking about the future generation of my party and the government. I'm part, whether, whether anybody likes it or not, I'm part of the Kufuado's legacy. Because he made me a minister for four years. So why would I do anything to bring his government down? Why would I do anything to embarrass him? People don't know what they are talking about. I mean, sorry, I get bold that when we go bring these matters. It's like we don't have any. We are dealing with trivia issues. Yes, we are talking about what is happening today in our economy, and what we what we see the president must do to rescue the situation. What does that have to do with an appointment? But everything revolves around appointment. There are not competent people in the in the, in, that, in that house who, who have not been made who have not been made ministers. Do you think all ministers are competent than, than the ones who are not made ministers? Honorable, it's almost 10 hours since you made the call that you made. Have you been invited to the Jubilee House after yes, your call? I have been invited. But as a I have a problem with my knee. I want you to take an injection on it, and I'm resting. I'm resting because it took me to rest for a couple of hours. So yes. you will not be in the meeting, but your colleagues no, no, will be I attending this meeting? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm praying that. My, lawyer, my daughter said, I shall give it a couple of hours to set them. If it's settled before 7 7, they're going to call them their story, and I'll go. And what I'm answer are you willing to take, or is there is there an, do you have are you willing to listen to an alternative answer from the president? It's, it's a one-way street now. So it's either your way or the highway. No, yes, the president must listen to his MPs who are going to support his business in the house, or decide to stick with his cousin and then lose some of us. Because me, it, it, what we told the president is simple: if he still you still take Kenyatta. As a minister of finance, some of us are going to boycott government business in the house. Honorable, someone tweeted at me and said that all the quote unquote noise you people are making, if you went to the Jubilee and you were offered money, you would come and do a U turn. Are you giving an assurance tonight to anyone who has that view that you guys are going to stick to your guns? Tomorrow, you don't know me very well. If we are close to President Kufuado, after when you make next picture, I'm not bribable, I'm not corrupt. Nobody can bribe me. I live with my conscience, my principle. Right? I live with my conscience, my principle. No amount of money will make me change my mind. We have all reflected on the decisions taken today. It's not just 
we just got up one day and said, oh, this is what we are going to do. We are all worried about the, 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 the way things are going in our country. We should money, position. If because of your knee you are unable to attend the meeting, your colleagues yeah. return and say to you that, well, the old man begged us and we listened, and so we are backing okay. down. What would you do? I can assure you see? that my colleagues who have appended their signatures will not back down. I'm telling you, uh, free, free consultancy. <laughs> You, you're, you're so, you sound so confident. This is politics, or yes, A lot of things are at stake. We have all sat down and reflected. We have all sat down and analyzed the situation. That the cause the president is taking us can only see a wipe out at the 2024 elections if we don't take a decision now. So it's not about money. It's not about position. We are worried. We are worried as members of parliament. The shadows came to dance. The nighttime got his own plans. Busy bodies, so busy. Moving giddy giddy, beautiful chaos. So that was uh, Eugene Boachientri, MP for Subing. He was speaking to Marisanda Amadou on Eyewitness News yesterday. Fast pace. Between confused and amused. So listening to the City Breakfast Show, well, there's a lot more to, to, to digest on this. We'll do that after taking social media trends. And the segment is brought to us by... By our friends of Vodafone. Vodafone 2 Much Data offers have been refreshed to give you the best value. It means more time to do more, more time to stay connected to the things that matter, and even more time without limits. Experience the freedom and convenience of non-expiry bundles when you dial star 700 hash and you can stay connected. Dial star 700 hash now to subscribe. Vodafone, further together. It's also brought to you by Cal Bank. Shop online or in-store using our range of debit and prepaid cards. Visa, MasterCard, and and GH link to learn more about our digital solutions and discount partners. Call 0800 500 500. Cowbank forward together. And Godfrey has the segment for us this morning. Yeah, no prizes for guessing what number one trend is. <laughs> no prizes for this. Ken must go. Hashtag. Ken must go. Hashtag. Hashtag Ken must go is number one. Ken Ophori is number three. Number four, Nana must go. Number eight, finance minister. Number ten, MPP MPs. Before Champions League enters. Then 21, parliament. 24, 80 MPs. Yeah, so uh, on Twitter, quite a lot of people are engaging with the conversation about the finance minister and um, the call by some members of parliament from his party that it's time to go. Mm. And also the president uh, entering the conversation as well. Uh, people, uh, the, the hashtag Nana Must Go, that's been trending for quite some time mm. as well. That started sometime last week. And then the finance minister as well. So that's what Ghanaians are engaged with. Uh, the economy, of course, uh, high on the minds of uh, a lot of people. Some quick tech updates uh, for you. And um, <clears throat> the first one, you know, Charlie, money. Scarce yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, sales at tech giants Alphabet and Microsoft have slowed sharply adding to fears of a downturn mm. in the economy. They're not making money. If you look at YouTube numbers, mm. for instance, uh, YouTube has brought, uh, brought in less money from advertising than last year. And also because of competition from TikTok. Mm. Uh, now, uh, reports indicate that TikTok is poaching adolescents away from YouTube, Meta, and Snap. I uh, see. Yeah. 
Uh, overall, it looks like YouTube's parent company appears to be feeling the sting of the slowing economy. Mm -hmm. So that's what's been happening on that side. Friday could be a big day uh, because Elon Musk uh, is set to confirm to inform co-investors that he plans to close his Twitter his Twitter deal by Friday. Uh, he did. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, he's supposed to close the deal on a video conference call and uh, he spoke to his bankers who are helping to fund the deal. So Friday looks to be the big day uh, for that move. We've been waiting for it for some time now. And uh, WhatsApp went off yesterday. Yes, and, it did. Uh, yesterday morning, worry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There's, there's a tip I'm saving for a mean day. You know, <laughs> I, I do want to know how to kick freeloaders off your streaming account <laughs> so okay. you know people share their accounts Netflix yeah but you can actually kick them off <laughs> but I'll teach you now oh. the economy is hard so I'm not sharing with anybody <laughs> but what I, what I am going to do is tell you uh, some quick steps to follow because yesterday uh, it's quite basic some of the things uh, but when WhatsApp went off a lot of people just were like okay it's my network is this is that mm -hmm. so just to confirm if it had, does happen you can make a solid confirmation that okay WhatsApp has gone off first one that you need to do is perhaps check that WhatsApp has not deleted your account you know uh, now, if you regularly use your WhatsApp account, this is not an issue. But if you have not used it in 120 days, quite likely that WhatsApp would have kicked you out. Mm. So first of all, just check okay. with that. Then check your internet connection. I'm so so checking, putting on her internet on and off yesterday <laughs> to make sure that she had a solid connection. Uh, but Nathan was doing the same. Fred was doing the same. All of you are checking your internet connection. So yeah. that's another thing that you have to do. Uh, you can restart WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Uh, that's just the way there's one there. And you can also check to see. Yesterday I told you that I was using down detector. So you can just go on down detector and then you can open the WhatsApp status page at down detector. Uh, it will tell you if there's a current service outage for I it. See. So yeah. yeah, there is that one as well. Um, yeah, you can restart your phone as well, just to be sure. And then make sure that WhatsApp is up to date. That's mm. also uh, mm. the most important uh, tip for you. So yeah. Next time WhatsApp goes off, you can run all these checks just to see if it's actually gone off. That was second social media trends brought to us by Cowbank and Vodafone. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. City Breakfast Show. Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. Twelve after eight, and people are always searching for convenience, a simple and easy life. When we Pokia, you just get that. Pokia is a virtual assistant from Star Assurance. It gives you the ability to be anywhere and still purchase or renew your motor insurance or even purchase it at any time. Tell you Pokia today on WhatsApp number 0242 436 160 
or thou short code star 713 star 222 hash and enjoy a smooth and quick service. Star Assurance is your solid partner. Your favorite Verna water has become a basic staple to so many Ghanaians. It is the number one water brand in Ghana today. And the growing reputation of Verna water was further amplified by the Ghana Medical Association during a facility tour by the executives of the group. Now, Verna water is a multiple award winning brand certified by ISO and hazard analysis and critical control points. Verna Water is produced by Toilem Industrial Company Limited, the pride of the Ghanaian beverage industry. Are you finding it difficult to maintain an active savings culture? Join the APSA Ready to Work webinar and get useful insights on how you can save and invest with your limited resources. APSA Banks Finance Director and other industry experts will be live on Facebook and YouTube on Friday, October 28th at 10 a.m. to discuss the topic, Is an Active Savings Culture Dead? Make a date with APSA this Friday. At 10 a.m. as we commemorate Global Savings Day. Hashtag ready to work. That's African. I see that's APSA. So before we went on a break, we spoke to Eugene Boachi. And he was on Eyewitnesses yesterday and he was just detailing what it is they were doing. And he said the majority side or those MPs had done an objective assessment of the performance of the finance minister mm. and the ministry. And they felt that this was mm-hmm. a good action to take. And yeah. he kept yeah. on saying that it was, ob- they, he, Eugene Baji, and he said that he was looking out for the success of the, of the government, the, su- the success of the party. So he felt this action would ultimately get there. But you see, Nathan, th- th- mm-hmm. this is my issue. Um, is it about partisan interest or is it about we the citizenry? I mean, I think our parliamentarians are in parliament for us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's for us, by us, FUBU. It's, they're supposed to represent the citizenry in their various constituencies. They're supposed to be there seeking our interest. And all I'm hearing is we need to win 2024. We need to protect the party. We need to see it's, it, it, it sounds more like, you know, parochial interest rather than for the good of our citizens, for the good of the country. People are struggling. Things are not going well for the majority of Ghanaians. You know, it's the, the whole sentiment around this thing seems pretty insular. And I'm not sure. I mean, on one hand, I think, okay, yay, you, you know, you've, you've got some balls, you know, you've gone out there. Maybe they took a cue from their yeah, British counterparts and decided that, look, we, we see something, we're going to say something and we want to speak out and we think this is the time to do it. Okay, fine. Rather than towing the partisan line, which is what our parliamentarians normally do, you know, depending on who's in power, who's in majority. So we've seen something different. Fine. But whose interest are they serving with this action? Is it for us or is it for them? Because the language I'm hearing, it's for them. Mm, interesting. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I don't know if I'm the only one who's a bit skeptical about the intention behind this. I just, it just seems more like we want to protect our seats rather than we're speaking <laughs> because the citizenry are going through a lot. I don't know, I may be off. I may be way off, but yeah. That's well, my, my two pesos on the matter. Your two pesos on that. 
let, let's let, let's speak to um, our presidential correspondent, Samir Rafi. He hangs around the, the, the Jubilee House a lot. Let's try and get perspective from the other and we know what the MPs are saying, but let's see how the seat of government is also responding to this and we get some detail on you know the president had a lot of meetings yesterday, so we'll try and get some details. Sami, if you can hear me, good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning, Nathan. Thank you very much for your time. Great. Uh, Sami, first question, how did the Jubilee House, and by extension the presidency, react to some MPs on the majority side saying that they wanted the exit of Ken Oforiata and his deputy, and they weren't happy with his work so far? Well, it came to them as, as a shock. Because um, they didn't expect this, especially the very day Parliament is resuming sitting. They didn't really expect that. They thought that there was going to be a sitting that Parliament is going to have talk about issues as well in Parliament. So this particular news came to them really as a show because immediately um, MPs announced this particular decision. I was then at the Jubilee House, so I saw the reaction among the the big men within the Jubilee House. You see a few of people in groups discussing this particular issue that the majority MPs are really uh, talking about. The president didn't show any reaction at that particular moment because he hadn't then come to the office. We were told that he was in a different meeting. But when he came down for the series of meetings, you could tell from his demeanor that really what's happening in Parliament or what's going on with Gasto, his, his government. So he began the day with a meeting with the Association of Ghana Industries, the AGI. He basically rallied their support and told them the state of the economy, what the government is doing as far as the IMF negotiation is concerned, and what it will entail for the entire Ghanaian populace, including the AGI, who the president described them as a major player in terms of development in the country. At this particular meeting, Everybody was shocked to see the finance minister present at this particular meeting. When he walked in, almost everybody had his or her eye, you know, pointed towards his direction. And a lot of people were like, oh, wow, he's here. After all the pressure, he's here. So it was a bit of a shock to see the finance minister present at these meetings. And it wasn't only the meeting the president had with the AGI that the finance minister was present. All the meetings the president had yesterday the finance minister was present in all these meetings. And at that point, he was invited by the president to make some comments with regards to the issues, the, 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 the individuals or the organizations or the leadership of the various institutions invited by the GBDRs to discuss. So after the AGI meeting, the AGI leadership announced or said that they were willing and prepared to help government uh, come out of this stress with regards to these economic challenges that the country is going through, and they as AGI will uh, do everything they can to help the government resolve these economic um, um, challenges. So um, they outline certain things they believe um, can help government revive the economy, especially with regards to the depreciation of the city and the likes. Right after this particular meeting, the president went to another meeting with the Association of Bankers or the Ghana Banking Association. Remember before this particular meeting, the governor of the central bank had held a meeting with them and the owners of Forex Bureau. So this particular meeting was another meeting just to retreat what the Bank of Ghana officials and the Forex Bureau had already discussed um, earlier. So they came in to the president what they also feel can be done to revive the economy and also check the depreciation of, of, the, of the city. The next meeting the president went to was with the Council of State 
And at this same meeting, the finance minister was also present in this particular meeting. Now, the Council of State meeting was in two folds. One, um, the economy, and secondly, the Galamsey fight. For the Galamsey fight, some members of the Council of State have been to some Galamsey sites across the country. So they were coming back to report to the president what they have seen, what they feel, or what they believe can be done to end the fight against Galamsey. The Minister for Lands and Natural Resources, Samuel Bujinapa, was present at this particular meeting when the, when the Council of State members came to meet the president. They discussed the way forward. Also, the main issue on the table was the economy. The president sought the wise counsel of the Council of State on how best Ghana can um, come out of this current economic challenges and also put the country on a path of growth, growth and prosperity. All right. Uh, the next meeting, okay. Okay, go on. The next please. meeting the president had was the GPRTU. You know, in recent times, the GPRTU had raised concerns with regards to the hacking fuel, pri- um, yes. uh, fuel prices. Yes. And so they had proposed or threatened to increase their fares by 14%. And they have been informed that in this particular meeting, the president appealed to them to not increase the prices by 40%, but consider between 12 and 15%. So um, the people who use this public transport will not really feel the pinch with regards to what is happening. The EGKRTU official said, okay, they were going to discuss with the armed members, and they were going to come back to the president on a decision they have taken before they publicly announce an increment in transport fare. The president appealed to them that, fine, Everybody is suffering, the entire country is suffering. So if they could do something about it, from the 40% that they are proposing to between 12 and 15%, that would be a, a win-win situation for everybody. So it was a busy, busy, busy day at the Jubilee House yesterday. The final meeting the president had was with the much talk about members of parliament who wanted the finance minister to be out of, of government. This meeting, I'm told, started around 9 p.m even though it was advertised to start around 7.38. At this particular meeting, I'm elaborating informed that the people or the individuals who were pushing for the finance minister to go were not even present at this meeting. That's what I'm elaborating informed. Okay. So the Honorable Apia Kubi, the UGNC, the Patrick Bowman, the rest, I'm elaborating informed that they were not even present at this particular meeting. It was only a few majority members of parliament and some leadership members at the majority front who were present at this meeting. Now, the president appealed to them that Ghana is currently in the IMF negotiating stages, and the finance minister is the lead negotiator. So he appealed to them that um, let the finance minister or government finish this whole negotiation with the IMF, and then when that is done, a decision will be taken on the future of the finance minister. The president appealed to the members of parliament there that they should give him at least Three weeks. By three weeks, it's very sure that this negotiation with the IMF will be done. Because in the meeting with the AGI, the president announced that Ghana's negotiation with the IMF is nearing completion. And so for him to tell the members of parliament, the majority side, that we should give them three weeks to finish up the negotiation and then a future uh, or the announcement on the future of Kenneth Retta will be taken. And then let, let us know that the negotiation with the IMF is nearing completion as the president said. So it was a busy, busy day at the Jubilee House yesterday, Nathan. Mm. Samuel, on the final meeting, and a lot of people are interested in that final meeting between some of the unhappy MPs and, and the president, 
Um, I don't know. I mean, what what are, what did your sources tell you in terms of the president's reception of the demand? You've mentioned that the president was surprised, but in that meeting, did he understand their concerns? Did he did he see things from their perspective? Um, I'm asking so based on the response you're giving. That that said, the president said that you should give him time to finish, and then he'll make a decision. Did, did, did your sources tell you anything about the president's perspective? Did he understand the demands that the MPs were making? Of course, the MPs um, tabled the reasons and rationale for the reason why they are pushing for the finance minister and the minister of state and the finance ministry to, to move. Now, they, they tabled a number of reasons they believe is, is, is the reason why they are pushing. One of the MPs told me that the delay in the payment of the MPs' common fund is one key thing which they believe is not helping them as far as development in their local constituency is concerned. The MPs argue that the, the common fund has delayed, unduly delayed, and this is the, the money or the fund they use in terms of development in their respective constituency. And so if there is a delay, there is a challenge with them with regards to how they would deal with their constituent. According to one of the MPs who spoke to me, they've made several appeals, several, several appeals to the, to the finance ministry to relieve this fund on time. So they can meet up with the development agenda in their respective constituency. This is one of the reasons the, 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 the members of parliament give as to why they really want the finance minister to be out of government. The president understood that. You know, the president has been a member of parliament before, so he understood them and mm. told them that fine. There, there are challenges within the, every sector of the Ghanaian economy in terms of funding. And so they should just relax. Government goes through this IMF negotiation. A maximum three weeks, a final decision will be taken as far as this issue is concerned. A lot of the MPs, I'm told, were not really happy with this particular response. They, they were still insisting that the, that the finance minister must leave, the finance minister must be out of government and a new person brought in. They were still not really, really happy after this particular meeting. But the, what, what, what one of them told me is that, fine, he's the president of the republic, he's giving them three weeks maximum for them to sort out everything. So they will wait after three weeks, then they will know the next le- the next line of action to take. All right, Sami, finally, uh, do you have any info on whether between now and the advertised three weeks that the president announced, whether or not the president may speak to the finance minister um, on these developments? And do you have any, any idea whether or not the two gentlemen will sit and have a discussion on what the future could potentially hold for the finance minister? Definitely. Even before the finance minister came to sit in all these meetings that I mentioned earlier, he was in a meeting with the president in his office, even before these particular meetings happened. And I will now be informed that the discussion on his future was one of the things the two men discussed. But the, the, what, what I'm also told is that the, the finance minister explained to the president the current challenges, and he believes that if everything is okay with regards to the IMF negotiation and the rest, things will be okay. The members of parliament will not really complain or more or less raise issues with regards to uh, his existence at the finance ministry. Again, the, the two gentlemen had, had really had extensive discussion on this matter. And I'm even told that even last night, after the meeting with the members of parliament, the two gentlemen also entered into another meeting to discuss the future of, of the finance minister. So the president has given three weeks, and after three weeks, we'll see the announcement that's going to be done. But then I'm also reliably informed that Nathan, that there's going to be a cabinet 
um, retreat starting tomorrow. Okay. And tomorrow, Friday, enters into Saturday. Three-day cabinet retreat, where all these issues with the gas, the economy, uh, will be discussed. Uh, the president, I'm told that uh, if everything goes through well and then is giving all the briefs and everything, he is likely, he is most likely to address the nation this weekend. Um, that has not been confirmed, though, but the information are pegging is likely that the president may address the nation this weekend, uh, speak to Ghanaians on what the current situation is, what government is doing to um, revive the economy, and also the way forward. So it's more or less a stakeholder engagement. So today, for instance, the president is meeting over six groups with regards to um, negotiations and what government is doing to end uh, this whole economic situation we find ourselves. The president will meet the, the trade union congress. Um, the president is, all, is going to meet the Market Women Association of Ghana as well. I'm told the president will also meet the Ghana Journalist Association and other identifiable groups. They all forms part of the consultation that the president wants to have before the cabinet retreat this weekend, which starts from tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday, before he speaks to the nation. All right, Sami, thank you so, so much uh, for your time. I'm sure if there are updates, we'll get them from you. That was uh, Sami Rafi, our presidential correspondent, our man at the, at the presidency at the Jubilee House. So, quickly, it was a long day of meetings for mm. the president yesterday, yeah. and he'll have more meetings today. But, of course, our point of interest, the MPs, Yes. So a few takeaways. The MPs were not happy with the president's response. It look it looks like they want an immediate reaction. Mm. But they mm-hmm. didn't get that kind of reaction. No. So they said they'll give it three weeks. The president says give the man three weeks. Let him mm-hmm. conclude and then we decide on what the way forward is. Mm. Mm. I I wonder, you know, for the finance minister himself, I wonder what he is thinking about all of this and whether or not there's a part of him that feels like look, if there is such opposition to me occupying this role. Maybe I should step down. I know we don't typically see people re- resign from prominent positions here. Um, but I do wonder if the thought crosses his mind because, uh, you know, when the, 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 the votes of confidence in you wanes and dwindles to this degree, okay. um, you know, what one just wonders what he feels about it and whether or not we'll hear something from him on it or, you know, whether he's thinking that maybe he, he should step aside, but maybe he wants to conclude the IMF negotiations first. Who knows? Let's, let's see. see. Um, let's speak to the line. We've been joined by Honorable Osechi Mensambus. He's majority mm. leader. We'll get his take on all of this because some of his colleague MPs were very unhappy yesterday and they made their opinions strongly. Mm-hmm. And we've all heard them. Um, good morning, sir. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning, and thank you for having me. Uh, first question, uh, your thoughts on yesterday's happening. Some of the MPs on the majority side say they want the finance minister gone. They want Mr. Charles Edubahin also gone. Your take on all of this, and what is the leadership's, uh, leadership of Parliament's position on yesterday's happenings? Well, thank you. Um, the backbench group... Um, have given an indication to me. They had invited me to a meeting that we're having on Sunday. So I passed through to listen to them. They were saying that from the constituencies, um, they had come back with a sack full of um, concern from their various constituencies. 
and uh, we wanted me to listen. Two things that they spoke about, I think one is an internal matter uh, relating to the conduct of uh, parliamentary primaries, and the second is in respect of the uh, profession of the finance minister, and in their view, or the concerns expressed to them, um, the fact that if the finance minister hesitated, it might um, help us uh, in our recovery. So I listened to them, and I pleaded with them that, yes, I do appreciate the issues that it brings. My only concern, my special concern, was the timing of this whole uh, of the negotiation to the IMF, uh, how far we have come, uh, the effort being led by the, the person that um, we were fighting, and what effect it might have on the negotiations with the IMF. Second, um, the conclusions from the discussions will be factored into the budget. The budget is being crafted, as to speak, and is supposed to be presented to Parliament on the 15th, on the 15th of November. So my concern, as I expressed to them, was the effect um, this exercise is going to have on both the IMF discussions and the, um, the uh, crafting of the budget. And I appeal to them that it might be necessary to hold their horses. That was Sunday. And I then confided in them some discussions that were going on between the president and I. And I thought that was going to have a sobering effect on them. Um, but uh, at the end of it, they were not persuaded by what I had said. And they said they were going to engage the press uh, subsequently. I pleaded with them. Um, I left them and then decided to go and see the president on it uh, the following day, Monday. Well, that day, Sunday, the president was still in the Eastern region. So the Monday before I went to see the president was had a business committee meeting in parliament, at which meeting the minority leader had also sounded that they were also going, they were gathering signatures and when they had sufficient numbers, they were going to file a motion of censure against the finance minister. So when I went to the president to report, I mentioned these matters that were evolving. And uh, upon that, the president then asked that we, we had already programmed to have a meeting uh, today, Wednesday. On account of that, the president requested that we brought the meeting forward to yesterday. So yesterday we went to see him, but before then, I had a meeting with the caucus to really have uh, a reconciliation of profession. Unequivocally, the, what the, the backbench group had done, I brought it forward to the table and I asked if anybody had any system of meaning. I think uh, without any shred of doubt, I could state it unambiguously that the overwhelming uh, majority Compared um, that, even though they, they have not been consulted, um, what they aligned with um, what they were saying, because they had also come with the same sentiments from their constituency. So, upon that, we went to see the president, 
and the president advised and pleaded that uh, where we are, uh, we don't need this at this time. And so he said, uh, if the IMF discussions were over, the budget had been seen through and drafted, people brought these matters up. Perhaps we could discuss them in any. But this time he was afraid of the repercussions that it would have on both the negotiations, the economy, and the, and the budget that was to be presented subsequently. Mm. The president was passionate about that. And um, so afterwards, we, we, we met and told him that we will have further meetings and report back. So that's how the meeting ended. Mm. So, so how many MPs in total um, made their intentions known to you? How many MPs in total are we talking about in terms of the MPs who want the finance minister um, out of uh, the ministry? Well, um, the question that was served to me was that um, they, they, they have about 80 of them. And uh, when we met yesterday at the caucus, um, not everyone who was there belonged to that eighty. But there were ministers who were also there and so on who were not part of it. Uh, but I'll say to you that the overwhelming majority aligned with uh, what has been said. At the caucus yesterday, I think the number was about, uh, was about 95 or so, the caucus meeting yesterday. And then we moved from there to the, to the Jubilee House. And when we got to the Jubilee House, there were some others who had even gone there ahead of the, because of the traffic situation in town yesterday. Some had gone to the Jubilee House to await the arrival of those of them who were at the caucus yesterday. When we went to, uh, when we went for the caucus meeting with the president, the number had, you know, gone up from the 1995 or so that was at the caucus meeting to, I think, close to 120, uh, 121 out of the 137. So that is what happened. Wow, that's a, that's a, that's quite a significant number. Now, the, the majority MPs or a good number of these MPs are also threatening not to support government business in the House should the President refuse to listen to um, their demands or the, should the President refuse to do what they want. Now, how concerning is this for the leadership of the House? You are very essential to government business. So if a good number of MPs say they will not support government business, how concerned are you by this threat that the MPs are, are putting out there? We should be concerned. Everybody should be concerned. And... Um but that was those strong sentiments were expressed yesterday. Uh, uh, it was before we had the encounter with the president. Today we're going to meet upon a German and we'll continue the discussion. So we'll see how it goes. But I, I want to believe that we uh, um, can take the wind out of the sail of anybody. I am hoping that uh, the appeal of the president will have a sobering effect on the members. Talking about the president, he recently uh, was in the Easting and Ashanti regions, and some people say that, look, all of this that's happening, you can draw a link between that and the lack of developments in the Ashanti region, bad roads, the activities of the GRA, that kind of thing. Now, how true is this? And in your estimation, did you think that the president's trip to the Ashanti region did not help soften the grounds or did not help calm tempests in that part of the country? 
Well, I think it's, it's attributable in the main to, uh, the main to the communication. But let's think it. If people are talking about lack of development, what are they talking about? What area are they talking about? Um, the president, I mean, his introduction of the flagship project, for instance, the facing area. Every community in this country, including the smallest of villages that you will visit, they will tell you that there's this girl, there's this boy who is in the SHS, thanks to the free senior high concept. But for that, maybe that boy, that girl, wouldn't have had the opportunity of attending a secondary um, uh, institution. Now, that is across boards, the entire country. Ashanti region is part of the country, and in terms of population, uh, I'll say maybe the largest in terms of population. Mm. So if people have benefited, is it not the case that Ashanti is supposed to benefit from that? Planting for food and jobs. They, 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 2015, 2016, we're importing uh, planting for and uh, kokoyam from, including even continue uh, from from La Côte d'Ivoire. Today, the story is not the state. Not in the name to the planting for food and jobs. One must admit that the prices of these goods have gone high. That is true. No thanks to the high cost of petroleum products on the market. So that is, that is true. But there is food security in the system. As Against 2015 2016, the 1D1F, Ashanti has had its share. Agenda 111, Ashanti has had its share. Until the introduction of the Agenda 111, or even the here. look, in my own constituency, Swami, from Swami all the way to Wa, it's only, or it used to be, only at Bonnet, that vast stretch from Swami Runabout to Wa, it's only at Bonnet that we used to have a government health facility. That stretch, over 300 kilometers, it's only at Bonnet that you have a government health facility, which was a clinic, now being developed into a polyclinic. Today, Swami, we have our own polyclinic that is nearing completion. And along that stretch, all the constituencies along that stretch have benefited from this uh, Agenda 111. Mm. So it's saying that Asante haven't had our share. Road development. No, that's what people are talking about. Look, President Kofor's time, the entire road network that President Kofor made was... 39,000 kilometers. President Kufour, it was who embarked rigorously on rural road construction. At the end of the day, they had succeeded in expanding the road network from 39,000 to 69,000. Lots of it, rural roads, feeder roads. 39,000 to 69,000. The NDC inherited the 69,000. 
they also expanded the total road network from 69,000. At the end of the day, when they were leaving, um, the figure that was quoted initially was even 74,000. A later audit indicated that when they left, they had increased it to 78,000 from 69,000. An increase of 9,000 millimeters. That was significant. That is under the NDC. What it meant was that every year he succeeded in increasing the road network by just over 1,000 kilometers. So the NDC also contributed their quota in that. As of the end of December last year, the total road network that the NDC inherited, the 78,000, had increased to 94,000 kilometers. What does it mean? Under the NDMPP, it had increased by 16,000 kilometers. Ashanti, we have our share. My own constituents, times where when people used to compare and contrast the road network in Swami and uh, Asawasi, no longer, because now we are also beginning to see road construction in Swami constituents. So those of them who were old radio compare, you've been there for too long. Compare what's happening to Asawasi and Swami. But now they are not, they are not doing the comparison because is also coming but i mean just 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 to take you up on that a few months ago did we not see when you went to your constituency there were several people who were very unhappy with the rate of development in the area you know that had to do with the highway the highway yes not the community roads that had to do with the highway which is directly under the ministry of transport the ministry of uh, roads and highway it has nothing to do with the municipal assembly or to do with the MP. Right? It was a complete misconception. In any event, what was happening there was, as I explained, the, the contractor who had been giving the job to uh, resurface the place because several potholes that they had been blocked on the road and making uh, um, running on the roads extremely difficult. The okay. contractor had peeled off the asphaltic layer, and unfortunately, when he did, not too long after when he did, when he did uh, um, according to him, uh, he ran short of bitumen, and there was no bitumen in the system. He had to, you know, um, go to La Côte d'Ivoire to procure bitumen, and it took a while. In the meantime, okay. that was enveloping the west of the uh, mechanics, especially the spare parts, the less, you know, and the contractor was doing that, and the day when I went there, I had spoken to the contractor, and he was going to go back to the road because he told me that he has succeeded in procuring the vitamin. So he's going to pass, go back to the road just the following day. Okay, okay. So, so, so I was so, just going there to assure them that the contractor was coming on site, and the people had no patience to listen, and that was what happened. Okay. And, and later on in the day, when we even retreated to a conference center, they came and were playing, and they were happy. That yes, mm. except that they were not patient. They were not, and okay. I I don't blame them because they had suffered for quite a while. So right. that is that, that is it. But right. I'm just saying that we have also seen our portion of road construction. Yeah. Over a couple of this time, I mean, these uh, let's say five and a half years that we've been okay. here. Yeah. You you you. Ashanti alone, Ashanti alone, the roads that have been completed over 700 kilometers. 
Yes, you. I think you've clearly stated that. But I mean, when, whenever we speak to residents, that they still want, they still want more. Um, let, let's let me absolutely. just ask you this. Let, absolutely, let me... that is why that is why every Friday, if you come to Parliament, all the questions that are asked relate to roads in the various constituencies. Okay, everybody wants to have an improved, uh, improved roads in the in the constituency. That okay. is a fact, and that is very helpful to our development. Whether the roads are going to farmyards or so, or when it comes to the communities, you know, they certainly would help tide, uh, stem the tide of uh, rural urban migration and improve the circumstances in the countryside. So people clamoring for roads is a legitimate cry. But it's not as if government is not doing anything uh, about about that. Okay. Um, Honorable, let, let me just ask you, um, what's your take, um, I mean, as my, my majority leader, do you support the cause of your colleagues in Parliament who have they they've done according to them an objective assessment of the work of the finance minister in the last five six seven years or so, and they feel that it's not his performance is not good enough, so they want him out of that finance ministry. Do you, as a majority leader, support the calls made by your colleague MPs? First of all, if we are leading a group like that, uh, you don't have a persona. Their concern should be your concern. Right? And so the reason why when I went and spoke with them, and don't forget, they don't represent themselves. They represent constituents. They are constituents, yes. So they can to say that constituents are uh, making this place. I've been, I've been to my constituency on many occasions during the reset. I know what people tell me. Uh, because, you know, the point is, when the economy was growing at an average of about 7% before COVID. Nobody raised any issues against the finance minister. Right? But when the economy is in difficulties, as we all know we are in now, then we begin to point accusing things. I mean, we're all human. Um, we believe in God. When we are in a state of joy, we forget about God. Right? When we are in any state of impairment, then remember there is a God and begin to pray and fast to God. Of course, in times right. of peril, people will look to find relief and they look to leadership for answers. So I'm saying that um, we've been in competition. We've been talking to the uh, I, I I must say that, uh, as I told them when we had a meeting yesterday, I said to them that um, they say to me that the number is about 80. We are 137. In the in the MPP, uh, plus the sympathizer who was with us, plus one. But even if you respect it to MPP, one three seven, uh, one three six now because Ajua is outside, right? Uh, to extend that, we uh, maybe discuss these matters with everybody in the caucus and then go out there to have a press conference as a group within the majority. It's not tidy. It's not the best of arrangement because tomorrow you can have a group of five. Also, isolating themselves and taking their own position. That is not how caucuses are run. Okay. So I told them that it was not the best and that I wasn't happy with the methodology. However, when I brought the matter up, the matter at issue up, I think there was overwhelming alignment from all of them who were there that even though they had not been consulted, uh, their constituents are expressing the same sentiment. Okay. So that was what 
came to the table yesterday at the meeting of the caucus. And from there, we went to see the president. So the methodology was wrong. Um, the, the, the process, the procedure was wrong. Uh, but what is, um, what is the, the heart of it? The kernel of the matter that it raised, um, had to be a vessel alignment. And okay. that is, um, what is, what is significant. But we need to interrogate it. As I said, I told them that we should be conscious of the timing. And the president's appeal was about the same thing that I had raised with them. Mm. You, you mentioned early, in your earlier answer that uh, there was a meeting scheduled for today. I just want some clarity. Will it be between the caucus or you? Uh, the caucus will meet the president again? I just want some clarity on, on no, that. No, no, no. We met yesterday. You know, I told you we have advertised to meet today the caucus. Yes. But the events of uh, the day and even the weekend compelled us to bring it forward to yesterday. Okay. Now, at the meeting with the president, an appeal was made. And um, because it has to be a caucus decision, we 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 asked to recline to say that interrogate is the own appeal. And then respond to that thing. The caucus holding today is to consider the appeal of the president. And as I said, we'll take it from there. Okay. F- finally, Honorable, I just want to find out, in terms of parliamentary procedure, since you mentioned it, I'm just curious... Is there a required number that is needed for this intention to be carried through through Parliament's process? What intention? I'm saying that, you know, like the MPs say they want the finance minister's exit. So I'm just asking, for this to happen, is there a required number of MPs that should come together to, to push this? How would this play out, assuming that they want to go through parliamentary process to see this objective through? But the minority themselves are saying that they're also filing a vote of censure, a motion of censure. Um, a vote of censure or a motion of censure requires um, two-thirds majority to support it. Uh, that is two-thirds of the 270, 275 okay. Okay. Uh, to support it. But in filing the motion, you don't need a two-thirds. In filing the motion, I think you require, uh, uh, is it 15% or so? I think you require 15% to, to, to file the motion, uh, for it to be debated. And if it's debated, it must be carried. If it, if it has to be carried, it must be supported by two thirds of the members in the House. Okay. And, and, and that's the requirement for this to get to the very end. Honorable, thank you so, so much for your time. That was Majority Leader Honorable Asechi Mensabunsu. Um, speaking to us and detailing the meetings that had been taking place um, and, and what possibly could happen. He says for this to go through Parliament, two-thirds of the House must support. So we need two-thirds of 275 MPs to say we are all in alignment. We all don't want the Finance Minister. They debate, they vote. Once they get two-thirds and two-thirds vote to this, then really it, it, it becomes what it is. My observations on this whole matter are there are significant fault lines within the MPP. Oh. Yes, there are significant fault lines. Oh, you the feel MPP. there's a... There are undercurrents to this. Well, it's quite clear. The majority okay. leader... <laughs> That's quite clear. He tried <laughs> to convince them to hold their to horses. Hold their horses and on they Sunday. totally ignored him. ignored him. I'm sure... He, he, obviously, he will not say, but I'm sure he's quite 
Shaken. There's uh, this looks like again uh, an amplification, or this is basically the groups that have had a lot on their chest for a while, saying we've had enough, and they're feeling that backdoor chatter has not worked. My understanding and reading of this is that President's tour of the Ashanti region did not go well. Mm. The What it was supposed to achieve it, it didn't. was not achieved. I think he left the region which already for some time now, if you look at how the internal party elections went, even for the wound to me and co, if you followed up on the protests that have been held in some constituencies about the lack of development mm-hmm. and the lack of attention and how it looks like a very small group within the party, the perception is that they are the ones who run things. And so that visit to the Ashanti region, which was supposed to be a placatory visit, ended up being something other than that. And that is what we have seen manifest. Others feel that they has reached the point where they have more to lose than the president does at the moment. Okay. He's in the final curve of his term. He's not standing for election again. The, which comes to the point Hoku was making. Real politique. These people will have to go back. They have, elections, they have to elections to contest, and that's the reality of it. They are politicians. What they'll think about is, how do I go back to my people and contest and say A, B, C, D? And at the moment, they feel that the state of the economy, as led by the president and the finance minister, particularly the finance minister, puts them at a significant disadvantage in that regard. You understand? I, 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 I yes. So it has come to the point where a decision must be made. A decision that ensures their own survival. Their, their own survival, one. And two, if you listen to those who are dealing, even if we are to take what they are saying as, okay, we do not feel that this person actually gives the required confidence. And so his exit is what will put things back on track. They might have a point because, obviously, the finance minister is a record has having said he was not a believer in an IMF process. Mm-hmm. He is leading an IMF process at the moment. So they're asking the question, how are you leading a process you do not believe, believe in? The president's response at the moment is, well, give us some time for us to see this through. But they're also saying, well, why would we... This might end up being his version of a program that we might not actually agree with at this moment. And so the threat of we will not back the budget. We will not back government business, which is a significant threat coming from the majority side in parliament who are saying we will not back government business. That will bring government's work to a standstill. Nothing will move. And 
I am not even interested about the numbers per se. It's a it's a it's a it's a good point to make. But for the kind for the optics and what we saw yesterday, it changes the dynamics of how we view the MPP. And I'm saying as I say that the internal workings of the party, the fault lines have been made public. In the sense that this is a party where for a very long time it has been clear that the president is the leader of the party. He has an ironclad grip on the party. But what happened yesterday indicates that that grip might be loosening. And that grip might be loosening because of what I said earlier, the political cost that could come out of the situation we find ourselves in, mm-hmm. where majority of the MPs are beginning to feel that pinch and are saying, well, we feel that we want to go a different way right now irrespective of how you think we should go. Because if we don't go that way, the cost will be too high. On them, the MPs. On, on them, the MPs, and the party, and the as, party well. as well. And so, you cannot overlook the party interest. It, it is part <laughs> of it. Okay. Okay. But, you cannot also overlook the legitimacy of the point that we do not trust that the IMF program that will be born out of this negotiation led by this person who had told us that he he did did not not believe believe. in this process will be what is best for this country. Now, remember, an IMF program is also dependent on parliamentary consensus. It's dependent on parliamentary cohesion. This situation as we have it now, actually does not bode well for the conversation that Ken is going to have with the IMF. Because they were asking, in Parliament, you, you are sitting in front of us negotiating but a deal that will have to go to a parliament where your own party says they don't want you to represent them in, at this conversation. His ability to bargain has been weakened. So at the moment, that press conference renders his position completely untenable. Even if the president wants to move, persevere with him and move ahead, it, it puts him in a really difficult position, even with the IMF when he goes to sit at the table. Because they will look at the reality of the situation. Part of these conditions require that you must have parliamentary cohesion. So if I get you right, Mr. Foriata is dealing with the IMF, but behind him, he has a parliament where to start with, there's a lot of tension between majority and minority, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you go down to the mi- majority as it stands now, now there's a group that is calling for his head. So even in that majority group, there seems to be a bit of a split. Yes. And it's something that he needs to work around. And that's what I'm saying. I do not see this ending anytime soon. I do not think that they will back down, these MPs. You don't think so? No, I don't think they will back down. I've seen uh, there are those who feel the president's appeal to them will be heeded too. I think that it has gone beyond the point where they will back down. If you heard Eugene... Uh, Honorable Safwentry yesterday, the Subin MP. Yes. The tone of what he said, the choice of words that he used, and the confidence with which he spoke. Okay. And the fact that he's, he said this on different platforms at different times of the day. And every time you heard him, his resolve seems to grow stronger. <laughs> Okay, so they are quite clear in their minds. And if you look at, again, the processes that have been ongoing, so it's not like the presser just was born, boom. Obviously, 
this thing has they've been having backdoor chatter trying to appeal to the government or the president that look this thing is worrying us you need to make a call on this right now and it hasn't been heeded but what i also observe from it like i said is quite clearly the fault lines that are emerging where some sections feel that look there's a bit of uh, the, the, the loyalty is a bit overboard and the party must matter more in this regard than an individual. The individual is not the party. So if it has come to that, well, we choose the party at this moment. And so we are telling you that fire that individual. It, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty interesting time in Ghana, so, so in, Ga- is, in Ghana's politics. So, so and I'll be looking heavy, at it from... This, so this is very heavy politics you are talking about. Heavy oh, internal politics. Oh, certainly. Certainly, no matter how much they want to polish this. And I, I, I took note of the majority leader's re- response to your question on, does he support them? You know, he, he meandered a bit. It's okay. <laughs> but the point that has been made is a significant number of MPs. And once the dust settles and we get to know who they are in full, you would... It would be easier to tell where this comes from. But from where I sit, I can confidently say that visit to the Ashanti region exacerbated the problem for the president. It did not go well the way it was supposed to go. And uh, people came back a bit more furious than they were. And the outcome is this. I see. submission from Godfrey. This is still the City Breakfast Show. We'll take a very quick break. When we come back, we've got more. Your comments are also there. But if you're a married couple, Saturday 29th October is a day you need to mark in your calendar because the Center for Peace and Reconciliation is organizing a couple's dinner themed Uncover Your Marital Complexity. At the dinner table, you'll be introduced to the consummate approach to resolving issues of life and demystifying the complexities of marriage. It's happening at the Center for Peace and Reconciliation, number one, Pantan Hospital Junction. Now, the the speakers are, sorry, Dr. Emmanuel Hobson, Dr. Epiphania MFA Bonsi, Uncle Ebo White, and Professor Akwesi Osei. Couples are paying 660 CDs, uh, single 330 CDs. Registration is still ongoing. For more info, you can call 0244-907-190 or visit cpr.org.gh. Now, the GRA is in search of the directors of the following businesses. Supreme Rice Limited, Hippo Limited, and JBS Haulage and Construction. Why? These companies have defaulted in the payment of taxes and duties and all efforts to trace their whereabouts of the directors to recover outstanding tax liabilities have proven futile, necessitating the publications of their names. Now, it's in the interest of the directors listed below, and I'll have to read it, uh, to avail themselves by reporting to the management of the GRA immediately. Now, Supreme Rice Company Limited, the directors Yahweh Jare, Rachel Dagadu, Nanekia Asafwe J, and the uh, Hippo Limited's directors Kofi Sapon, Emmanuel Kabna Osei Donko, um, Isaac Mensa Bonsu, Akwesi Arabi Frimpon, and Joseph Osam, and JBS Haulage and Construction, Alexander Techi Yeboah, and Julius Owusu. Now, any info 
relevant to the GRA that can help them get these people should be sent to the com- office of the Commissioner General at the GRA head office of Starlet 91 Road near Crossport Stadium Ministries or call to free 0800-900-110 or email that info to info at gra.gov.gh and thank you. We are in the prestigious Ghana Club 100 ranking. Priority Insurance Company Limited placed 38th position in the 19th edition of the Ghana Investment Promotion Center annual list of the top 100 companies in Ghana. We topped the non-life insurance companies in the Ghana Club 100 ranking. Now come and let's discuss your budget and place you on adequate coverage. Visit any of our offices nationwide, including all DVLA offices. You can also visit our social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, in YouTube and TikTok. Priority Insurance, we're on your side. Call us on 055-301-9060. And Creamy Plus Evaporated Milk takes you back to the original creamy taste of evaporated milk and it's a great complement to your tea, coffee, Gary Soakings, mashed cake and all of your cereals. And the best of all, it has vegetable fat, so it's easy on your stomach, and it has essential vitamins as well. Now, you can get Creamy Plus in all Goyle shops at Bachana Total and other supermarkets in your neighborhood. For bulk purchase, contact Les Femme Distributors at Medina Ridge Junction on 0501-682-522, or go to Grace Has Found Us at Akuko Photo Dansoman on 0245-162-747. You can call them. And Creamy Plus brings us all the birthday messages on the city breakfast show and don't let anyone say your business process is at its optimum productivity marketing competition is fierce customers are savvy and demanding and what used to make a splash can no longer make a ripple document knowledge business solutions and its american partner ssnc blue prism present kickstart 2023 to showcase their robotics process automation solution it's a two-country event the first event will take place on 31st october 2022 at 9 30 a.m at the accra Marriott Hotel. And there'll be another event on the 3rd of November at Azalai Hotel in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. We invite every institution with an IT system in place or plans of an IT system to attend. To book a seat for free or for more information, call 0244-378-319 or you can send an email to precious.a-pobi at dkbsolutions.com. Let's still the City Breakfast Show. We'll take a very short break. When we come back, we have a lot more of your comments. And we have a lot more for you. Do stick and stay. Don't go anywhere. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. This is the City Breakfast Show. The city's biggest conversation. The City Breakfast Show. Rise above the noise. Just life. If you get money, just life. You no get money. 
Welcome back. This is still the City Breakfast Show. Sounds of a free. Cause this one cheers to life. Oh, what else can you do, Cookie? Cheers to life, man. We are Chicago. We are cool. Cheers to life. Find a way. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let, let's let's talk some tax issues. Tax issues. I mean, people just don't like those three letters following T A X. Charlie. People just don't want to hear that. But it's a critical part of our life as a country. So the Ghana Revenue Authority has um, started issuing tax clearance certificates electronically. Now this shows the commitment of the GRA to digitize its processes and bring taxation to the doorstep of their customers. So I've been joined by um, Dr. Martin Yamboriga. He's Assistant Commissioner LTO. He's with the GRA. And also Havalasan Baba Idrisu. He's Chief Revenue Officer, Tax Audit and Quality Assurance Department, also of the GRA. Gentlemen, good morning. Welcome to the City Breakfast Show. Good morning and good morning to your listeners. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Doc, let me start off with you. Let's, uh, Let's get down to the basics. When we say a tax clearance certificate, what exactly do we mean? All right, thank you. Yeah, so a tax clearance certificate is simply a document issued by the Commissioner General 
certifying that a person has fulfilled his or her tax obligations mm. to the state. Okay, that's all it is. Yeah, that's all. So that's it's like all. a certificate. Okay. So in terms of clearance, they are t- simply telling you, okay, you have discharged all your tax uh, responsibility to the state. Mm. That's what we call it, a, clearance a clearance certificate. Yes, please. Now, wh- why has the GRA introduced an electronic version of the certificate? Okay, what? thank you very much. Like you said in your intro, it's part of the digitalization uh, process of our operations, wanting to make it quite easy for people to do business with us. So in the past, this clearance certificate was issued manually, mm-hmm. and uh, you had to go to GRA office, apply, then wait for it to be processed. But this is now done so that you can apply for it online at the comfort of your home, and then it will be processed. And as soon as it's processed, immediately you have it, you can view it, you can print it. But the good thing about it is also that when you are making a request for a task clearance certificate using the ETCC platform, the requesting organization can also have the clearance certificate as soon as it is done. And they don't need to come to GRA again to verify. So it's simplifying the process, making it easy for people to do business with us. It's more convenient. And then, yes. Mm, great. Okay, so how can one access a tax clearance certificate? Yes, there are several ways to access the tax clearance certificate. Mm-hmm. You can do it via our portal. That's the tax through the taxpayers portal by entering the URL, then entering your t- tax identification numbers. When you do that, it then gives you access into the portal. Then you follow the process. You click on your TCC. And there will be other, a prompt I see. asking you to click on the process to indicate the purpose for the TCC, the team of the requesting organization, then your TCC will be generated. Mm, great. But there will be some automatic compliance check before the TCC will be generated. Okay. Talk to us a bit more about the GRA Taxpayers Portal. What is that? Yeah, the Taxpayers Portal is an online service. It's a self-service, you know, portal where a taxpayer is able to file his tax returns. He's also able to assess his, what they call his tax, his ledger, and also make payments. The payments are made by generating a tax bill and making that payment on the Ghana.gov, you know, platform. Okay. And what else? What other electronic services can be done on the GRA taxpayers portal? Okay. You can apply for a tax uh, relief. Okay. You can also apply for a tax uh, refund. You can even uh, object, like if an assessment is raised on you and you are not certified, you can raise an objection to that also using the portal without necessarily having to go to GR office. Mm, okay. So it's convenient. Very convenient. Yes, very, very okay. convenient. That's okay. not bad. Let's talk about the benefits of the electronic tax clearance certificate. Why? What are the upsides? What are the advantages or benefits of this certificate? Well, like I said earlier, the benefit is, um, is save time. Um, it's, I mean, very convenient. It saves time. You don't need to go to uh, GRA again. Um, you, you can also do that at the comfort of your home. Mm-hmm. And then, like um, Baba said, it is, uh, you can even know whether you qualify or you don't qualify. Once you have access to our system, you can only go to the system to check whether if you are compliant. Then, this time around, Instead of the task clearance certificate being issued and you submitting it to the requesting entity, mm-hmm. it can go to the requesting entity directly. 
it removes the human interface because you don't need any person to determine whether you qualify or you don't qualify. The parameters are already in the system. And then once you qualify, nobody can disqualify you. So, I mean, it, it's, it's very efficient. Great. Yeah. But can you just tell us who, who qualifies to apply for uh, the tax clearance certificate? Yes, anyone who intends to deal with GRA qualifies. But first of all, you need to get registered with GRA. I see. And you must be compliant. And as mm. Dr. mentioned, when we talk about being compliant, means you have filed all your tax returns and you have paid all your tax liabilities. However, where there are some outstanding amounts, and by reason of your financial difficulties, you can enter into an arrangement. As long as that arrangement is satisfactory to the Commissioner General, you will be issued mm. with a tax clearance certificate. Okay. And mm-hmm. how long does one? How long does it take to get one? The certificate, I mean. And the normal circumstances, instant. As long as there are no other non-compliance issues bordering the whole process. Mm. So it's, it's normal. And also, it's also driven by how speed your internet is. You know, sometimes <laughs> okay. you find yourself in an environment <laughs> where the internet flow, the speed is so slow, it will take some time. But ordinarily, it is instant. However, we have pegged ourselves, you know, to issue task clearance within 48 hours. I see. But because it's done by electronic means, we are able to even, you know, Mm. Meet the time long before it's up. Okay. Okay. Um, but is it compulsory for all taxpayers to apply for a TCC online, or is there an option to apply manually? Oh, I mean, can... I know it's digitalization age, but do people still have that option of manual application? Yes, we. You have that option. Um, there's currently a transition where you can uh, opt to apply manually, and when you apply manually and you bring your application to the office of the Ghana Revenue Authority. We have officers who can still help you um, to input you into the system to make sure that you go through. But it's not compulsory, except that we encourage people to use it because it's more convenient than the, the manual process. But at the moment, you can apply either using the electronic means or you can still do that manually. Mm. Okay. Wonderful. Nice. Wonderful. And what measures have you put in place to address the problem of non-IT compliant taxpayers? <laughs> so people who maybe not are not that tech savvy, that tech but savvy, you, yeah. they want to also on board. Yes, education will continue. Okay. And uh, in our various offices, we have the client service offices. So when a person walks in, the person is taken through the process. But what we have done, we are, what we seek to do is that when you come in once, we don't expect to take you through the process again. Oh. We expect that okay. you will understand it yourself. So okay. there will be some designated, you know, desktop computers where when you come in, they will let you go into it yourself, sign you up mm. on the portal okay. so that subsequent to that particular process or in future, you'll be able to sit in the comfort of your home and then but, do that. But, but what if somebody does not have access to, say, a computer at home or internet at home and what happens to such a person? Such a person can still walk, as Dr. mentioned, can still walk into any GRE office that is nearby and then carry that out. There are even instances where people allow others to manage their portal for them, especially oh, companies and others. They designate officers to do, do those things for them. Wow. And let me just add that, unlike the previous, where you, everybody has an assigned tax office, that you needed to go to your particular mm-hmm. assigned tax office. With this one, you don't need it. So assuming that I'm in Tamale, and uh, my tax file is in Tamale, and I happen to find myself in Accra, and I need a tax climate certificate, I don't have to go back to Tamale to make a request. I can go to any office, any GR office here, 
and sit and do the application, even if I don't have the assistant to do it, and I can still have my clearance certificate issued to me. Mm, I see. Uh, let, let's just go through the processes again. So I, I, some people are sending me messages asking of the process. If I want to apply for an electronic tax clearance certificate, let's just run through how it works, the application process from the top to, to the very end. The process starts by, first of all, signing in if you are already signed up. Okay. So we start from someone who does not have an account on the GRS uh -huh. portal. Okay, let's start. So when you come in, you sign up. It will require you to put in your unique Ghana ID, that's the Ghana card number mm -hmm. or TIN. When you do that, it will direct you to a login page. It will redirect you to a login page. Mm -hmm. You enter again with your new password. Then from there, it will open the page for you to begin the ETCC application process. In there, you will enter there to your left. On the there's a menu to your left. You will click on your taxpayer port, your tax, your ETCC. That's mm -hmm. your electronic tax clearance. Mm -hmm. Then it will open another page for you. You then enter process ETCC. Mm. There are some three basic steps that you go through. You indicate the purpose for which you are applying for the TCC. Okay. Then there will be an automatic compliance check, as I mentioned earlier and then the TCC will then be generated. I this see. automatic compliance check, as we said, takes care of whether you have filed your returns duly or you have made all payments necessary or you have also made the satisfactory arrangement for payment of any outstanding tax liability. Okay. 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 So that's how it works. If I go through all of these... Yes. However, it, where you are not compliant, it will return an unsuccessful message. I see. So this unsuccessful message will indicate to you what has caused you not to be successful, whether it is as a result of non-filing of tax return okay. or non-payment of tax return, okay. so, uh, of tax liability. So when that happens, there, are, there is a link. You click on any of the link that is applicable. It will direct you to the details of why you have been denied the ETCC. Then you then take mm. steps either to file a return or to make the payment. Let's stay on the, the filing of tax returns. I know people who don't know whether or not they are required to file. Just run us through. So who's supposed to file a tax return, Doc? Okay. So currently, everyone who earns income is required to file a tax return, mm -hmm. even including employees like us. So at the end of the year, on a monthly basis, your employer will be withholding tax and paying on your behalf. Okay. By the end of the year, you are expected to file your return, declaring all your income, and they indicate how much tax you have paid. It will either result in a tax that you are supposed to pay if all the taxes were not deducted, or it could even be a refund, which we do if you were over-deducted. Now, for businesses who have various types of returns, so we have income tax return, which we have the, um, the estimate of tax payable, which is normally at the beginning of the tax year. Then you pay on a quarterly basis. At the end of the year, normally four months after the end of your business period, you'll be required to file what we call the annual tax return. Okay. We have other returns like the withholding tax return for PAYE, that's pay as you earn, and the withholding on goods and services. Those are supposed to be filed no later than the 15th of the month following their deductions. Then we have VAT. And then and he'll get fund returns, which are supposed to be filed, and uh, not later than the last working day mm. of the month after the month to which it released. We have uh, CSC and all others. So right. all the returns, depending on the type, have their due filing date. So, so, so for salaried workers like Koku and myself, what are we supposed to 
to file because we know that you know your company would pay some tax on your behalf and then they give you this sheet of you yeah, know the, 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 yes, the, okay. the, the sheet of paper is this orange or that so what what are we supposed to do with that i'm just curious yeah so thank you very much so at the end of the year every employer is supposed to serve on the employee your total income for the year and the tax that they have deducted on your behalf Okay. But it is possible that apart from working for CTFM, you may be having another work somewhere. Mm-hmm. So you would then be required to disclose that apart from working, maybe I was a DJ somewhere, I went to do an MC somewhere, and mm-hmm. I got some money. These are all incomes. Then you would then put that together and disclose to the uh, Ghana Revenue Authority. Or maybe you have a property, you are renting it out, you are receiving rent income. If all your income is from employment and the employer is deducting the right amount, at the end of the day, we don't expect you to have any other payment. However, you have complied with the law which requires that everybody who earns income should file um, a return. I see. And the good thing about it is that these returns are also filed online. Yeah, the, the returns are filed on, online. And because it is now online, it is easy for you to sit at the comfort of your home and then you, are, you can file your returns. So we started with that even before the introduction of the ETCC. So you can even be at home, weekends, or any time, and then you can go on the same process that uh, Baba outlined. Mm. What is important is for you to be signed up to the Ghana um, Revenue Authority Tax Portal, and then Taxpayer Portal, then you enter with your tax identification mm. number okay. or Ghana Unique Card, then you, the process is simple for you to follow. Mm, and interestingly, just to add, the portal will always prompt you returns that are due for filing. Uh-huh. So that is one other benefit of I see. the taxpayer's portal. I see. Yeah. So, so then electronically, how do I file the return? Assuming that, you know... how do I, I'm just curious. How do I file the return? I, when my company gives me those printouts and things, okay. what do I do with them? Okay, so when you go to um, the portal, <laughs> you have signed up, Anytime you are going in, you already have your password. You sign in. Mm-hmm. You will see it on the the screen. It will be there, file a return. Uh, so it will ask you the type of return you have to file. So for you as an individual, it will be individual income tax return. Okay. The moment you click individual income tax return, then um, it will, the, the, the details will come. Then it will ask you to put in your name. Then your various income. It is self-explanatory. Where it is applicable, you put it. Where it's not applicable, you put it. At the end of the day, the system automatically calculates how much tax you are supposed to pay. Then you have put in the tax that you have also paid. Then it will do the net off and tell you whether you have overpaid or you have uh, underpaid, underpaid or you paid exactly the amount. So it's a very simple process. I see. I see. So then when I do all of that, then I can ask for a clearance certificate. You can then ask for a clearance certificate. Yeah, so that is very important. Because for you as an individual, if you want a clearance certificate, it must that you might have filed your tax return. And you need clearance certificate for different purposes. Mm-hmm. If you want to register a land, you want to apply for a passport, you want to, I mean, file a case in the court. I mean, there are many reasons. You want to clear goods in commercial quantity. You need a tax clearance certificate. And for most businesses, if um, somebody is going to award you a contract, mostly one of the uh, requirements is that you should be a good corporate citizen. And one way of verifying that is please tell us whether you have been complying with your tax obligation. And that's why normally they need the certificate. So even for a government contract, there is no way you can get government contract 
without proving that you are task compliant. And that is the use of the task client certificate. Wonderful, wonderful. So, Samin, somebody is listening to us and they all have questions. How can they get in touch with the GRA um, to ask all the questions in relation to the ETCC? Okay. We, we have our contacts that you can reach GRA on. Mm-hmm. And some of them are... We have zero two zero nine two six seven zero four seven. Okay. We also have zero two zero nine two six seven zero four eight up to five nine. Ah. Then we also have you can also contact us on WhatsApp on zero five five two nine nine zero 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 zero. Okay. Can can you take that again? The WhatsApp number. The WhatsApp number is zero five five two nine nine zero 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 zero. Okay. Zero five five two nine nine zero zero zero. Zero, zero, zero. zero. That is it. So Great. these are the contacts that you can reach us on Wonderful. if you have any inquiries. Wonderful. Doc, f- final words to all taxpayers out there. All right. Thank you. So, yes, my final words is that I want to encourage taxpayers to make sure that they always check their compliance status before any time they want a task clearance certificate. Because normally, if you don't check to be sure that you are compliant, and you need a task clearance certificate and it is time bound. Maybe you go to the system and the system tells you, oh, you should have paid this liability you didn't pay. So at any time, once you are, as, um, I mean, you have signed up to the portal, it is possible for you to always check your status. You can check your balances, whether um, there is any return pending, whether there is any amount uh, pending. So you, I will encourage taxpayers to make sure that you visit our uh, platform as often as possible to check your compliance status. If you do that, and anytime you need a clearance, this, is, uh, this uh, process is very simple and easy. But if you don't, and then you wait until you need a task clearance, you now go in. Then you realize, oh, there's something that you should have done that you didn't do, and that could cause some latent delays. I want to encourage taxpayers to do. And if you have any challenge, please, you can call the numbers that have been given, or you visit any of our offices, and then we'll take you through and make sure that we'll give you the necessary education. Great. Thank you so, so much. So you heard it, you can visit the GRA's online portal and you can get your electronic tax clearance certificate. Cook, you no need to go there and queue and da, da, da. you can get it yourself. You can save, download and you are great. It's a great initiative from the GRA. Thank you so much. I've been speaking to Dr. Martin Yambodiga, who is Assistant Commissioner LTO at the GRA. And we also had Alassan Baba Idrisu, Chief Revenue Officer, Tax Audit and Quality Assurance Department at the GRA. Gentlemen, thank you so, so much for coming through and have a great day. Thank you very much. Nine thirty nine. There's still the city breakfast show. Your comments are welcome on zero five four nine nine eight six nine nine six. When you buy anything, it has to be the very best. That's why Diamonds forty two point five hour grade cement is the highest quality cement on the market. Since the year 2000, Diamond has put smiles on the faces of homeowners, block makers, 
and they've supported numerous constructions with a high quality brand that's rated green by the EPA. You can get in touch with Diamond Cement on 0243 133678 Very interesting uh, 24 hours or so we've had. The finance minister, (laughs) he's been in the eye of the storm. And some people believe that the storm is not over. Some people think that there's a lot more that is coming. And um, we wait to see. The president has asked the MPs, the disgruntled MPs, for three more weeks. Three weeks. Says, let's sort out this IMF deal. And then we wait to see what exactly will happen to Mr. Ken mm-hmm. Furiata. But some comments have come in. Let's go through some of them. Yeah. Johnny in Community 22 says, Kwesi Kwateng was in New York with the IMF when he was called back to the UK and sacked. Why can't we do the same? The man does not even support the IMF deal, so why keep him? Something is fishy, guys. Okay. Please, what the minister is saying has nothing to do with what he was asked. Please interrupt him and talk about the sacking of the finance minister. I think this person is referring to the interview with Honorable Oseche Mensabunsu. Please, this is a serious matter. He's determining the narrative and it's a shame. He's here touting government works at this time. Please, let's stick to the issues. Okay. Uh, second question was, what is his personal position on the matter? And he has evaded it. Okay. Um, kindly ask Honorable if they are paying the construction sector debts. The debts are in excess of 8 billion Ghana CDs. They keep drumming into our ears their achievements on how many kilometers they've added. But who should finance these contractors and not get paid? Which financial institution will continue to do that? Why are the sector debts not paid? Okay. Bwache Jakun, the former energy minister, was sacked. Simple. What is the difficulty with the finance minister? Let the president learn from the selection of the speaker and the defeat, therefore. Um, seven leaders listen and use more emotional intelligence. A word to the wise. This is from Dominic. Good morning, Nathan and team. The finance minister's resignation or him being laid off is long overdue. Governance is a process, not an event. So he should leave for someone else to continue, especially in the face of these economic challenges. This should be a lesson to all political appointees. As citizens, we want the best for our country and ourselves, but we are suffering because our pockets have become shallow due to poor economic management. That's Emmanuel Duwono-Kla. Good morning, City. This is Maoli from East Ligon. I think the president has himself to blame for where we are now, defending the indefensible. I want to ask, is the CEO of the Ketaport still at post and receiving his pay and allowances in times like this? This is just an example of the waste that has brought us here. The increase in road network the majority leader is talking about is just resurfacing, not new roads. We have to interrogate these claims. Good morning, City. Why are we listening to a campaign from the majority leader this morning? Okay. Is the majority leader saying there is no hospital in Winchi? Okay. After an abysmal performance by this government, is Oseche Mensah Bunsu still talking about what was in 2016? Isn't that why we voted against the NDC? He should spare us the rhetoric. He isn't saying anything new. Okay. Zalex Duane in London says, why is the NPP majority not asking for the president to be impeached? Rather, if their concern is of goodwill. However, it's a good sign. 
Uh, please ask Osei whether his constituency members are not complaining about the economy. Okay. Uh, DK in Tema said, I think the MP should allow the finance minister to at least complete the ongoing work. I'm sure he definitely has his own reputation to protect. And perhaps he wants to at least complete that process before he leaves office to have some peace that he solved the issue to some extent. Okay. Um, Wafajay, the bolt driver inside Atadeka says, it's as though Mr. Kinofoyata has a secret about the president that no one knows, so that when he's relieved of his position, he will expose the president. If not so, how then is it that difficult for the president to reshuffle him? Because I don't understand why he's refusing to see the obvious. It's very glaring that the minister has underperformed, especially in this second term. He says, hashtag Ken must go. City CBS, please, have the transport fares increased or have the fare increases been approved? Because some Circle and Accra vehicles from Kamara are taking increased fares this morning. Hmm. Well, GPRTU said they were going to increase the fares, and a lot of people are saying that they've noticed that. Okay. Well, if, if you go um, to so, citynewsroom.com, yeah. um, the story there is that GPRTU to increase transport fares by 19%. Mm. On uh, effective October 29. Mm. Okay, effective October 29. But they have. Okay. Mm. So so that story is there. Okay, James, when, when and, yeah, James and GIJ. Good morning, Nathan and team. I thought the conversation with the majority leader is to clarify issues on yesterday's happenings. His political propaganda at this time, especially in the face of the issues at hand, is becoming nauseating. These unnecessary political propaganda are the reason why we are where we are today. But they seem not ready to learn from all of this. Um, Nathan, please whip him in line so that we can follow this conversation properly. Okay, they were talking about Osechev and Sabunsu again. Uh, good morning, Nathan. This action by the majority members further goes to indicate that the government of Akufuado has totally failed Ghanaians and needs to go with Ken. That's Jones in La. Uh, Goffer and Co. It looks like our president belongs to the Stubborn Academy. Asking for three weeks, there's some kululu between the president and the finance minister. Hmm. Where elsewhere they resign and go the same day? Three weeks, please. No. A big no. That's Johnny from Community 22. Um, guys, if Leonardo doesn't trust all of the potential finance ministers, he should simply put Baumia directly in charge of the economy, supported by Kwiku Kwating or Asibe Yeboa and Akutose. After all, where we are is supposed to be the vice president's area of specialization, that is macroeconomic restructuring. At this moment, drastic measures and decisions that will eventually make the economy stable must be taken by government. It's great that the president is meeting stakeholders and making varied consultations on issues. Eventually, if the call for the sacking of the finance minister will help change things and restore confidence in the economy, so be it. This is Kwesi Reynolds in Aguna Odobeng. Okay. Uh, Nathan, the last statement says it all. We might suffer a wipeout in 2024 elections. It has nothing to do with the citizens, nor the country. It is and always has been about their stomach. That's Ed in Takradi. Okay. Um, firing the finance minister is not going to make a big difference until government gets rid of the trade deficit, meaning creating more jobs, focus on more exports than imports, um, canned tomatoes, including those cheaper commodities that can be produced or is being produced in Ghana or else, the economy will never be stable. Government will continue firing her finance minister. This is from Momon Johnson of Pennsylvania in the USA. The NDC must tread cautiously with their motion to impeach the finance minister because the action taken by the NPP MPs could be a deceit or a 419 move. What is the guarantee that they will vote in favor of the impeachment? This is Asanko in Santa Maria. Yeah, so those are some of the comments coming in. But I, th- I think it's important that we contextualize this. So, two things. One, the majority MPs, they want the president to 
fire the finance minister. They want the finance minister gone. Okay, the two sides of parliament want the same thing, but in different forms. Mm. Okay, or using different methods. The majority, they, they, they've gone to the president. They say they don't want the finance minister anymore. Sucking. The minority want to go through mm. parliamentary procedure and say they, they want a vote of censure or so. So, so that I just wanted to state that and the president apparently says, "Well, give us time to complete the IMF, the IMF negotiations." Uh-huh. So, um, it's the so the president's response is to what the two parties, no, the MPs. He told the MPs to his MPs give three weeks. Yes. Uh-huh. So we'll see if that is what they are. Uh, that is something they will buy. So today is another day, and today is a Joseph day. Yes, it is. Today's adjustment for the we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep our listeners updated. What the fate is. Yes, um, I, 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 I don't know what the delay is, honestly, mm. with this matter. It is quite clear. If she definitely were interested in representing her constituents, she would be in this country. She's not here. She hasn't been for a while. For a while, for some time. You know. So last week she wished her constituents well in for the, the BC from her car. In the U.S. <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, nothing wrong with it, but she was in the U.S. Mm. That is the problem. Mm. She hasn't been here enough to warrant being called a member of parliament. It's something we need to take seriously. The the, the games and the technical... You know, the, the use of technical terms to drag this has gone on for a while. They should just move on Great. so that the people of Domkwabenya can, you know, you find... We don't have any. Yeah, they, they are way there because at the moment, this this is so not on. And another thing, like, it's kind of hard to ignore the absence of the vice president in these conversations. Yeah. The president has made it a point this year to emphasize that, well, he runs the economy, everybody else does it at his behest, which is true on paper. So, Ken runs the economy. But we cannot ignore that the vice president had always been projected Mm -hmm. as a key component of the economic planning of this country. In fact, he was, we cannot ignore the fact that he was the voice on the economic side of the MPP's push to come into governance. We are not asking about when he's going to talk or something, of course, because as we've been told, he doesn't run the economy. The mm. uh, president says he runs the economy through the finance minister. No problem. But it is interesting how he is so out of the picture in some of these things. Uh, maybe it's something they might want to address because it's quite obvious that he is not there. Mm. It is quite obvious that he is not there. The, a lot of people have spoken about the economy who are mandated to do so, who are perhaps <laughs> not as qualified as the vice president is to speak of the economy. But they do. Okay. So I'm just saying it's. At this particular moment... We should hear from the vice president. Uh, no, we should not hear from him. I'm but just saying it's hard. Him. I'm just making an observation. I'm, I'm not... absent. I'm, yeah, I'm not oh, saying okay, we should talk or something. I'm just saying... For someone who was at the forefront of the kind economic of discussion... to opt to now ...that be we are going absent. through the hardest economic times we have faced. 
and he's very absent. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look at the photos. He's, he's yeah, you know, there are a lot of ways to gauge things from journalistic perspective. Okay. They, they might tell us different, but we could put together a run of newspapers for about two or three months at high-level meetings on the and economy. The vice president is never there. No. He's never there. See. Yesterday, I would be interested in knowing, for instance, the high-level meetings that happened, AGI, GUTA, EMT, which one? If we could check... We would be interested to know whether the vice president was there at any of them. Again, I'm saying it would be fair to say, well, he's the vice president. That's not his. But real management team. By convention, the president, again, I see, I'm very, I'm choosing my words very carefully. The president has said he is the head of the economic management team. He, the president, is the head of the economic management team. <laughs> okay. And the finance minister runs the economy for him. Okay, so. But I'm saying, if you look at where we came from in this country and the history of it, particularly with the MPP, Baumia's absence in these times is very obvious. You're listening to the City Breakfast Show. We'll take a snappy break. When we come back, we've got a few more things to do and then we'll call it a morning. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is the City Breakfast Show, the city's biggest conversation. Welcome back. Still listening to the City Breakfast Show. Alrighty, let's uh, let's move it on. Let's do some education, and on the fifth of November on the 5th of November uh, Accra Girls will be having their 62nd speech and prize giving day, interesting, it's a day of celebration we've been joined by um, two people who are very very key to what will happen that day, Professor Adelaide Kastner, she is national president and uh, we also have Augusta Okan she's the president of the 1982 Year group, the celebrants, yeah. the celebrants. So, that was the other ones are enjoying. I oh, see, I see, yeah, so they are yes, doing yes, the speech yes, day. Yeah. Amazing. Good morning, good morning, morning ladies. Welcome morning, to the City morning, Breakfast morning. Show. Okay. I trust we are well. Yes. Wonderful, wonderful. So, um, uh, Madame Augusta, Augusta oh, can you are with the, with the 82 year group? Yes. It's it's your speech day. Yes. So, just quickly tell us what exactly all of this is about, what will be happening that day, what we should expect. Okay, a lot is going to be happening. And expect the um, uh, the art group exhibition. Okay. Yes, that will start in the morning around ten ten thirty before the um, before the celebration starts around twelve one. I see. Yes, I see. and uh, we've done a lot to come this far. The the old girls have put a lot together because of this free SHS. There's no money in the school, so the old girls will have to, you know, push in where necessary. I see. So we've taken so many projects. The celebrants are, we have taken the um, ICT block, of which we are refurbishing at the moment. And then we were in there before the STEM people went, the girls went in to win the anniversary, the, the exhibition. Yes. We had to put a few together to make them 
foul. Okay. So they were fine with it. Yeah. Okay. And the um, we've got the uh, the sports the the youth the sports war the complex complex sports complex yes okay. being done by Agosis. Okay. We've done an um, a car park like. Something sheds, sheds, yeah, sheds, yeah. yeah. like a Dubai one. Yeah. You've done a lot. <laughs> <laughs> this is all leading up to this celebration. Yes, yes. So, Prof, talk to yes. us about the day itself. The day um, itself. Special guests, speakers, all of that, and how people can participate. Um, by way of um, um, special guest of honor, we have Honorable John Intim Fojo. Oh, okay. He happens to be yes. the Deputy Minister of Education. Mm-hmm. He will be there. And uh, then we also will have Mrs. Beatrice Ajimai, Group CEO, Media General. Yeah. She'll be the guest uh, speaker. She happens mm. to be uh, an old, yes, oh, old student nice. from oh, Accra nice. Girls. And uh, she is uh, a 1997-year oh, group, group lady. Okay. Yeah. So, and then... <laughs> we have Dr. Daniel Macaulay. Almighty oh, Magdan. <laughs> Chairman <laughs> for Magdan Group yeah. of uh, Companies. Very so nice. He will be the guest of honor. Okay. Uh, um, we're really trying to you know, create new partnerships with new stakeholders, um, development partners. And so we're looking at it. Yes, at all. Really? Your good self will be there. (laughs) Professor Uh, Ali. Yes, I'll be there. I'll be there. Yes, I'll I'll chair and uh, try to moderate and steer affairs on that day. But really, we're looking forward to having City. Uh, you know, group of companies, media okay. uh, group of yeah. companies, and of course, our very own Vivian Kai. Yes, Vivian Kai, local. Yes, she went to the So you she will realize that we have uh, produced quite a number of prominent people, mm-hmm. and uh, we cannot give yeah, you a, a list of this mm-hmm. year, Supreme mm-hmm. Court judges and. You know, Legislature, exactly, in the parliament, we exactly. Have, yeah. oh, we've got uh, now we all over. So, mm-hmm. so, so you have leading personalities who who will be there yes. on the day. Yes. So for 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 anybody who's listening and went to Accra mm-hmm. Girls, mm-hmm. how can they get in touch and what other piece of information should they know as the day draws closer? November five is not too far away it's from now. Far away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the time is um, twelve noon. Okay. With, um, for the speech day, for the speech day, yeah. speech and prize day and uh, it will be at the school premises so that uh, we touch base with the with the school with our alma mater and uh, if they want to come for the exhibition they should come a little earlier how can they get in touch Nothing. how can they get in touch um, a number on which a number two they have the call, call, yes. um, the phone number let me just uh, Try and get a number. <laughs> mm. um, I mean, why, why should you choose the number though? Yeah. If you're, if you're this, um, they, they the Accra Girls, the 62nd exactly. speech yes. and prize giving, they happening November 5 at the school premises from 12. Mm-hmm. They have a very interesting thing, Kokui, building positive learning attitudes in mm-hmm. the girl child, mm-hmm. yes. the role of stakeholders. So it's important, like they said, they are building new partnerships and new I'm friendships. I'm going to give you the phone number of the headmistress herself. Okay, okay, so okay. maybe we can get that. Zero two zero. Okay. Eight one six. Nine two five nine. Okay. Zero two zero eight one six nine two five nine. So that's the headmistress. That's the headmistress number. I can give my own number though. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's zero two seven seven. 
That is uh, the humble Professor Kastner's uh, phone number. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank you. It, sh- it should be fun. We'll all be there to yeah, support. Yeah, it's really going to be fun. Yeah. And I, yeah. I just want to add that I'm the dean of uh, the business school for Central University. University. So I invite um, all those who are <laughs> interested in advancing their education to also enroll. And okay. uh, our courses are very, our programs are very current and uh, affordable. Great. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. I've been speaking to Professor Adley Kastner, national president, I'm assuming, of the Accra Girls Old Students yes, Association, yes. Yes. Goses, and we also had Augusta Okain. She's the president of the 82-year group. They are the ones organizing this year's speech and prize giving day, happening on the 5th of November, 10 a.m. at the school's premises. It should be fun. So wish them the very best and happy uh, 40th to the year group 82. And we wish them the very best. That's our breakfast show for the day. My name is Nathan Kwa. I sat in for Bernard Avler. You heard the team. Show produced by Fred Jabano and Caleb Kuda. You heard from Kokui and Godfrey. Thank you so, so much for your messages and all of the things that came through.